2: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex
3: Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Seidel and you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style.
1: On today's show, we'll be airing our interview with Matt Seidel, giving our predictions to the Road to Tokyo Dome shows, and answering all your questions and covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating interview. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. This episode of Keeping a Strong Style is brought to you by Power Slam TV. If you are a fan of independent wrestling, Power Slam TV has over 6,000 hours of wrestling from companies across the world. Use our promo code Social Suplex to get your first month free. And make sure you check out our Wrestling Tea store, wrestlingtees.com Social Suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong Style t shirt. And uh before we uh, kind of jump into things here, just some quick uh plugs and shout-outs. Uh, like we mentioned last week, uh Social Suplex is gonna be a part of the Generation Championship Wrestling Mania Week. We run this uh rerun this town event. It's gonna be the uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of WrestleMania week. So if you're coming in town for WrestleMania week, come in early for Tuesday and Wednesday. There's gonna be Shows all day, Tuesday and Wednesday With a lot of big stars Follow uh, Generation Championship Wrestling On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram They are constantly posting announcements About uh, who's coming to the show Talent-wise, matches And uh, all kind of announcements about shows. So follow those guys, check them out And come support these guys
4: Tell them Social Suplex sent you Yes (laughs) Yeah, this event uh, looks really, really Mm -hmm. awesome So, I mean, for those of you that are unfamiliar You know obviously everyone knows about Wrestlemania and most of you probably are aware that there's a Wrestlemania week or weekend that takes place every year generally from Thursday to like Thursday afternoon till about or actually in the morning now Thursday morning till about Sunday morning and then obviously concluding with uh, Wrestlemania well this year here in Tampa we've got a a wide variety of local independent companies that want to be in on the action and Uh smartly and rightfully so They thought to themselves well what's the point of Trying to lock down a Um venue if we're gonna have to Compete with you know every single Company that's coming to town they're like you know what Bump that we're gonna extend Wrestlemania Week out even further Tuesday and Wednesday Um they're gonna be hosting Events from 6pm to About a little after midnight And then there'll be a, a After party the Wednesday night You know leading into Thursday so for us It's gonna be a long week uh, we, we have been invited to do official coverage for them. We're gonna be doing interviews video live audio live podcasting So we're really really excited to partner with all these florida companies and you know, they're bringing a lot of international talent
1: Yeah, a lot of international talent a lot of big indie talent. They're bringing people out of retirement <laughs> <laughs> So it, it's gonna be some fun shows.
4: Yeah, so we're really 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 looking forward to that and you know, as more news uh, breaks, you know, we'll be telling you about it. If you're in the Florida area already, this is something you don't want to miss. If you are, you know, making your travel plans now and you're trying to figure out what you should or shouldn't be doing. Make sure if you're able to come in a little bit early, you know, spend the day at the beach, spend the day at Bush Gardens, do what you want. But then come 6 p.m., come out to
1: Ybor City, the Italian, the club. Italian
4: club, party central. It's going to be getting lit. Um, I hear they're gonna have like um amazing like food vendors, like you know the wrestling's gonna be great, meet and greet. everything yeah, it's gonna be
1: great food, great wrestling. Meet and greet opportunities, great matches
4: They're running, they got rings on two different floors of the building Yeah It's freaking crazy <laughs> It's
1: gonna be awesome <laughs>
4: <laughs> So we're really honored to uh, partner with uh, Generation Championship Wrestling The other GCW Right Not, not, not the, uh, <laughs> not Joey Janela's GCW <laughs> right.
1: That's why I make sure to just say Generation Championship Wrestling I don't want anybody to be confused I think that we're working with Game Changer Wrestling <laughs> and that GCW Those guys will be here They're gonna be running, you know, Thursday through Sunday, like everybody else, but our GCW running. It's Tuesday a little Wednesday.
4: confusing because they're out of the Cuban club. This one's out of the Italian club. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's gonna be it's a like old. it's like UFC coming to America. Yes, <laughs> it's McDowells. <laughs> oh they man, they have the golden arches. We have the golden arcs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they've got the Big Mac. We got the Big Mick.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so I can see how there could be some confusion. But Generation Championship Wrestling Tuesday and Wednesday Italian Club. So it's going to be a great time. Absolutely. And then uh, just a quick shout out to front of the show, Ben Schaefer. You know, the last couple of weeks we've been kind of giving him uh, a hard time for not showing up to any of the pay-per-view parties. Jimmy Flips. Any of the um, indie shows we go to. And he uh, he actually showed up yesterday. We had a little TLC viewing party at the dojo, and he actually showed up.
4: Wow. Congratulations, Ben. <laughs> Thank you for uh, coming out of your hole.
1: <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, you missed it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Ben was here So just give him A little shout out You know we buried him So bad I figured we Lift him up Put him over a little bit for, I, prob- uh,
4: I probably should have Been here because Apparently I had Different opinion on The the wrestling that Occurred on that show <laughs>
1: oh, than man, that, That's a whole Different <laughs> conversation I don't even want to Open that can of worms here. We don't even have
4: to Have a conversation That that TLC match Main event was good
1: Oh my god <laughs> I, Moving on I enjoyed it <laughs> I, I, I'm glad one person did I'm glad it got over It with, with one person
4: They told a fantastic story
1: yeah, story. <laughs> um, so, yeah, moving on. Uh, Keeping a Strong Style Awards. This is the last week to get your votes in for that awards. So we are very close to surpassing last year's number. So, if you have not voted yet, please put your votes in this week. i pretty sure I'm going to be closing the voting. It's probably Friday. So, get your votes in before Friday because I'll be tallying it up the votes over the weekend and we will. Uh, announce the winners on next week's episode.
4: Listen, the ballot is in the notes for the show. It's online. It's on every single form of social media that we produce and, and promote. You guys need to vote. We see the amount of people that are downloading and listening to our episode every week. All y'all ain't voted yet. <laughs> it's no, it's not possible. Right? <laughs> There's so many of you. And um, you know, this is something that's really, really cool. We, we, uh, you know, look, we've, said it before how much we anticipate doing this every year but it's not our voting it's your voting we want your voices to be heard we want to get the most uh, contingent you know uh and concise form of voting that we possibly can so please please we we encourage you please participate in these votes please uh you know fill out the ballot i know it's tough but you got one week to get it done don't miss out on this opportunity because it's gonna suck if come next week you know your favorite person or favorite match or what have you doesn't get voted in and that it's gonna be your
1: fault Right and, and there's a lot of categories where it's still nail biters There's like some that literally are literally really close every boat will count man So I think, I
4: think last year the closest one was most improved. It came down to hangman and uh switchblade Yeah, and it was like by a vote or two. It yeah, was something so literally a
1: boat can change the whole outcome. So
4: Get out there, rock rock the vote
1: <laughs> Smack down your vote <laughs> Vote or die <laughs> Oh my gosh um, Next thing, FOH draft um, So if you guys who are new to listening to Social Suplex And Keeping It Strong Style uh, we do this thing called the FOH Draft. This will be the third annual FOH Draft. It's the kind of Christmas special that we do, Keeping a Strong Style and One Nation Radio with Rich Latta and James Boyd. We get some adult beverages, and we uh, bury WWE.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, w- which adult beverage I would like to partake in this year because I've, I've done something different each year, and I think I'm going to keep that tradition alive. I think I'm going something new this year. Definitely not what I was on last year. <laughs> My God.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah. FOH draft is always a great show. One of the it's uh, not
4: it, last <laughs> year is embarrassing.
1: One of the funniest episodes <laughs> I think that we uh, put out <laughs> on this feed. All, so. all I
4: can say is I've got a new segment that's making its debut this year. Moreover. Or less over <laughs> Oh
1: yes, yeah, 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 yeah. that's gonna be good It's gonna be great So yeah, looking forward to seeing what the, uh, you know, our official draft board is gonna be for that And so we're recording that uh, Saturday of this week So that should be dropping sometime next week So be on the lookout for that Oh god And then uh, The last bit here Yeah, then the last thing here before we jump into uh, New Japan stuff here The Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show They had the, uh, the quiz finals were recorded last week between our very own young boy and Ransom Morris from Chairshot Radio on, uh, yeah, from Chairshot Radio from uh, Outsiders Edge, and so yeah, they had an epic battle.
4: For those of you that are not aware, what we're referring to, so Ricky and Clive obviously a lot of our, there's a lot of crossover between the listenership of this show and our good friends over in Scotland, Ricky and Clive. They've been hosting man when it was the first quiz we were on it. Was that like in June, July? 20th? Yeah,
1: it's been a while, yeah. All right,
4: so it, earlier this year, they started their Quiz Time Invitational Showdown, and uh, they had participants from literally all over the world, uh, different podcast networks, different uh, personalities, and it came down to myself and Rance Morris from Chairshot Radio. You're going to have to listen to see who won, who lost, you know who cried i'm not saying my <laughs> lips are sealed
1: yeah i was uh i got to be part of the uh the live uh audience For uh this, this showdown between rants and the young boy
4: But yeah what i can say is they put a lot of time a lot of effort a lot of hours into this And this was something that was extremely fun I really enjoyed it and um you know you definitely want to listen to it I'm all, the only thing i'll say is this was not an easy quiz for either one of us, and uh, that's all I'll say, so uh, don't miss out on it, it's coming out what, Wednesday?
1: Yeah, Wednesday
4: Yeah, you're gonna want to listen to it, and uh, there's probably a lot of you that will listen to it and think like, dang, these guys suck, i oh, <laughs> got all those questions right <laughs> But it's not as easy as it, as it sounds when you're listening to the audio Right, yeah You guys sit in that hot seat and uh, get those questions when, when asked Well, the
1: pressure's on, man, Whew. it's, it's a tough Yeah All right, so um, that wraps up all of our our kind of shout-outs here. And so, like we mentioned last week, we had the opportunity to interview the uh, former IWGP Junior Tag Team Champion, Matt Seidel. Some of you might know him as Evan Bourne. So we're going to throw that interview right now, and after the interview, we'll be back to continue the show with uh, Road to Tokyo Dome predictions and answering your questions and covering all the latest news. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. Jeremy Donovan here with the young boy Josh Smith, and we have a very special guest today. We have former IWGP junior tag team champion, former never openweight six-man tag champion, one half of the 2015 Super Junior Tag Tournament winners. We have Matt Seidel. Matt, how
3: are you doing, man? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, Welcome to the show. We're so excited
4: to have you.
3: That was a dope uh, introduction. Thank you. Yeah,
1: no problem, man. Yeah, you know, you've been, you know, one of my favorite wrestlers for a very long time. You know, I've been, um, you know, 2002 was kind of the time I started watching other stuff besides WWE. I started watching Ring of Honor and TNA and getting into, you know, Japanese wrestling. And You're definitely Mm -hmm. one of my favorite guys to follow throughout that time period.
3: No, thank you, man. I mean, like, er, er, early on, you know, we were lucky to get those some traded tapes and start discovering kind of wrestling outside the mainstream. And, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of the same stuff that interested me, too, at that time.
4: Yeah, I remember um, a while back, probably, like, 2015, we were uh, both at the gas station over on US-19, just kind of, like, near, I think, Sunset Boulevard, Sunset Point. And, uh, yeah, I saw you, like, like, uh, doing your gas, and I'm like, are you even born? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, man. And we we're like chatting and I was like, yeah, I'm a diehard fan. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, I really liked your match with Kenny the other night. And you were like, oh, you saw that? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I saw it on, on, on a uh, new Japan world. And you're like, oh, you're, you're a hardcore.
3: <laughs> I mean, like, it was just, you know, I, I left yoga class. I'm I was shocked that anybody saw the, the pay-per-view from Osaka. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like the, the world that I live in, there's, you know, not, not a lot of that. I mean, 2015, not a lot of people had that New Japan World subscription. Uh, anyway, you know, I mean, it's, I, I certainly think their subscriber rates have gone up quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that match was so awesome. I'm glad somebody saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great uh, yeah, match. It, it, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's always nice bumping into wrestling fans, like, uh, you know, really anywhere in the world. But I sort of always think that's, like, kind of how I've been since high school, like, if somebody was wearing a wrestling shirt you give them the what's up you know what i mean like the same way people who like the same baseball team give each other the what's up like hey go cubs or whatever uh wrestling fans like even if it's not the same wrestler it's like yeah still so, okay it's wrestling cool
1: <laughs> yeah so uh matt just go ahead and kind of, uh, tell us like your story and like how you got started with wrestling how you became a fan and got involved
3: yeah, no. I mean, one day I just jumped the guardrail, slid in the ring, and gave some guy a spin kick, and they're like, "Dude, here's a contract." <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy. Oh, that's all you have to do.
4: I'm pretty sure now, I heard I mean, that story.
3: <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just, uh, I mean, really, for me, I was just, I just started wrestling. No one like, uh, basically, uh, I somehow because my brother had a friend who worked with another kid who backyard wrestled we got a tape of these kids who wrestling in their backyard. And I was like, Oh my God, I need to do this. (laughs) And so basically I just went out and, you know, first we started on trampoline and then I started building rings in my backyard. And, you know, I still, I mean, I'm still setting up rings to this day. So I was just, I was just obsessed with wrestling, wrestling rings and specifically like the in ring action. Uh, I learned a lot about wrestling from Ken Shamrock's book. That was just a bunch of like shoot holes. And it told you to do, 500 sumo squats and if you ever want to be a japanese wrestler this is kind of what you have to do and i think that was the first thing that sparked my interest in like um japanese things and in uh the certain style of wrestling that i that i always loved and then later on i found out ken shamrock was trained partially by dean malenko who's one also one of my favorite wrestlers and favorite influences and it's just it's always funny how uh you know what one thing that you read you, you like. I picked up a book when I was I don't know I I don't know when I got that book, but I was very young. I got that book before "Fully Is Good" came out. Oh wow, uh, that's, a great, that's a great book. <laughs> yeah, but you know those books were really influential I mean, I, I mean, I can't tell you I, I watched every episode of this, or I cared about you know, who did what. I mean, I, I loved wrestling, just like just everything about it. Like I just, but I wasn't. Um, I didn't have access to as much wrestling as everybody else. I didn't have cable. So, uh, you know, I would just buy the PWI magazines. Um, I would listen to a radio show called the stranglehold with Brian Stull. And that was where I learned a lot about wrestling. And then, yeah, that's how I found out about indie wrestling. I went to a show and I was like, I want to be the jobber in this match. Like, today. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the real I mean, it's just the way it is. Because like I, you guys should have seen me back then. I was like 100 pounds. I mean, even at 16, I was like you know 110 or 120 pounds. But I was like, oh, I want to do this. And so I just started setting up rings, setting up chairs, and paying to get beat up by a bunch of guys claiming to train. And you know, uh, which by the way, if anyone is looking to train, I have a wrestling school here in Tampa. Um, so yeah, I one of my favorite things to do is to, to coach wrestling. Because I've spent about 20 years making mistakes, and so I can really uh, get people on the right track early. And uh, you know, I like to think I've got some good students coming out of my school. And uh, you know, maybe I don't don't know what'll happen on January 24th or whatever day New Japan comes through town. But you know, I think I I train my students in that same style of wrestling, sort of like New Japan Dojo, well, and the Dragon Gate Dojo styles.
1: Nice. Um, What are the challenges of kind of being a trainer?
3: Oh, I mean, just it's very physical, uh, so it's very physically demanding, uh, and it's like <laughs> I don't know, it's emotional, it's everything. But I, I, would say it's much more of a good thing. I basically, uh, I'm just sharpening my tools every day. Uh, you know, for the the hardest thing for me is I, I've just I'm spoiled with professional wrestling. Like, I was 20 years old, and I would be on shows with like AJ Samoa Joe. Brian, all, like, all the, Nigel, all these, all the best wrestlers at the time, I would just always be on shows with, it'd be like, Loki, and Homicide, and Amazing, right, all these guys were on the shows, and, uh, so I just, am spoiled, and then I went and wrestled for Dragon Gate, and then New Japan, I mean, my, like, so, if anything, I'm just, I, 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 like, I expect people in my classes to be better than me when I was a backyard wrestler, and if you're not better than me when I was a backyard wrestler, it's like, you can go to somebody else's class, because I can't. I don't have that <laughs> much patience. If you got two left feet, I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, just, you know, be, because I'm not trying to train, you know what, I'm trying to do something very specific. I want to train um, wrestlers, you know, so I do it, you know, I, I think the Japanese style of one-on-one mentorship is the best way to do it. So I don't want to have a class of 50 guys. I just want, I'm looking for five people who are going to work really hard and, and progress together as a group or as a unit. A, a lot of time, you know, or two, you know, as a, group of good guys and a group of bad guys and they can just uh work each other uh which is kind of a very safe way mm-hmm. to go about doing crazy pro wrestling is working with guys you're familiar with uh that's one thing i learned while i was at dragon gate is the more frequently like if you're working guys all the time right you can actually really raise the level of danger uh and feel really good about doing that a couple nights a week
4: Yeah, you bring up a really some really great points there. And, um, you know, I follow your stories online and on Instagram and I've you you touch base. You touch base on like uh, some of that influence from like Dean Malenko and Ken Shamrock, Uh, myself being a huge fan of like, uh, you know, catch wrestling from like Europe and shoot wrestling. I noticed uh, on a few of your stories that you were implementing that in your training. How do you implement something like because you mentioned that you're training wrestlers. How do you implement something like that? into like say the modern day style where a lot of people kind of say The industry's gone away from that sort of stuff.
3: I mean, I I mean, it's it's wrestling to me um, I was just at a clinic a wrestling seminar this past weekend at Evolve with Timothy Thatcher and Walter And mm. they do they teach the same thing I do We just wrestle we get in there and we wrestle and then all, all the other stuff comes comes later but you're, I always say you're a wrestler first. And these people come to me with, Oh, I got this great gimmick. I'm a this, I'm a that. I said, (laughs) I hope you're a wrestler because you have to be that first before you're anything else. And you know, the rest of you come, it kind of comes after that, but uh, otherwise you're just pretending like you're, you're, you're something else. That's also a wrestler. Well, you're not going to beat me because I mean, all I do is wrestle and then like I have a little personality, but it is what it is. You know, it's a wrestling based first. And I mean, that's just like, eh, it, pro wrestling is just two guys scrapping but not going for the kill right and the idea with behind strong style and the japanese style is just hey i'll stand in front of you and hit you and we're going to see who's going to fall down but we're not going to you know we're not going to go for the eyeballs we're going to fight with some honor and respect and uh you know that's a huge difference from the approach of a lot of other places and so i just always the, the, on, the fighting with honor was something that always appealed to me as a young man. That's why, like, I was so drawn to Ring of Honor because it was about bringing some prestige and some respect to the game uh, with, the, with that Japanese influence. And so, they, I mean, that's just been, when I saw Best of the Super Juniors, I mean, that was it for me. And then I got a hold of T2P. And so, you know, then I got launched into, like, the next dimension of what wrestling can be. And, uh, you know, it's, I like to think I'm, I've been doing some crazy stuff for a long time. definitely
4: so we we definitely want to uh you know get talking about new japan but forgive my ignorance what's t2p matt
3: (laughs) oh dude t2p uh google it no i'm just kidding Uh, t2p is like the second generation of toryuman students
4: oh gotcha
3: so it's like ultimo dragon students and then like t2p would fight like toryuman toryuman and like they just had with like milano collection at yoshino uh that like the Italian connection guys were Stu Fixer, Dragon Kid, yeah. uh Susamu Yokosuka, like the be- the guys that did the best ranas, the guys that took the best ranas, Deja Vu, all these things that are like, I don't know, I don't want to call them common, but like a lot of a lot of stuff. And then Dragon Gate uh, came out and eventually like the most the match you might be familiar with is a six-man tag in two thousand and five. That was like the Meltzer Five Star match of the year.
2: Yeah, yes. it was like
3: the the blood generation versus uh, somebody. Do It's a dragon guy. Yeah, and I mean they just, I, I, was there live in Chicago for that, and I'm just watching the fans' brains explode it was <laughs> one of the you know that that was right up there with watching Joe and Kobashi. Yeah, I mean I, I those are like the two coolest uh, Ring of Honor moments that I've got. That and, you know Punk and Joe going to sixty Minutes in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, but yeah, uh, awesome there, match. Not nearly, I mean, like that built. Like, I mean, guys, if you knew that the, there was o- the only bathroom there was the one that the fans used, <laughs> and they didn't have doors on it. Like, one time I got caught, like, you in the toilet, like, taking, like, sitting there with my phone in my hands, you know, <laughs> it was brutal. Oh man. oh man, that Dayton building was rough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that Punk and Joe is great, but um, the, the 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 Ring of Honor theme sort of plays into New Japan because. It, what was great, how I got to New Japan was by going back with Ring of Honor and being, you know, heavily involved in Ring of Honor, and then them working with uh, the New Japan wrestlers, and then I got a match. It was like me and somebody against Naito and Tanahashi, and a couple more matches, and then um, that's sort of how that relationship got going.
1: Got you. So just to kind of backtrack a little bit. Would you kind of consider like your first run in Ring of Honor kind of your your first real break? Your first real uh, big break in the States?
3: I mean, I I don't know what a break is, man. I was just grinding. I was at every show all the time. It was a break because uh, AJ and Chris Daniels pulled off the shows, and that's how Delirious and I got on the shows. But we had already done a do or die. We had already done a bunch of other stuff. We had already been uh, hustling hard to get in there. I mean, I got – I think the biggest break because I went basically for my first indie – Called GCW, and I went. Just I just showed up. We just started showing up at at uh, NWA TNA, which was doing these Wednesday pay per views. Yeah, I mean, with with some real high level wrestling. So I went from like local to basically the the international scene, (laughs) the pinnacle of it. And I just showed up every Wednesday like a little jobber in the corner and hung out and did matches. But like that was my first break because nobody kicked me out. The the locker room was accepting. The guys there were generous and giving and thought like, and nobody took it like people were very kind to us there and kind of pointed us in the right direction was hey you're not ready for this why don't you try that we met up with chris hero and nate webb and started doing iwa mid-south and that's where my name started to get out and from there yeah i got to ring of honor and i really started to have a good run there and then at ring of honor i ended up wrestling the dragon gay guys and uh, i ended up starting up with Dragon Gate, and that's where I was when I got signed to WWE.
1: Nice. So then you that's just, you had the WWE run, uh, came Evan Bourne, kind of did the, you know, did the air boom stuff, did the ECW kind of run, um, and then after there, that's after the WWE run is when you went back to Ring of Honor, correct?
3: Yeah, well, I went back to, I did a, a tour of Dragon Gate, I did two, I did one with my brother, and then maybe I did one more, I did a few tours of Dragon Gate and Ring of Honor, And then that Ring of Honor bled into the New Japan stuff.
1: Nice. So, you know, kind of the beginning of your New Japan run, you were uh, teaming with Ricochet in a lot of the junior uh, tag team division. Kind of talk about your time and your experience uh, teaming with Ricochet.
3: Yeah, this is like my favorite time ever. I mean, I love Ricochet is just extraordinary talent who I've known since he was fro headed kid when he was 17. (laughs) I mean, I've really, you know, and he's from Paducah, Kentucky, and he's just as good of a human as you could ever get in the ring with. And he and I just, the things we have in common, it's just, we have a lot in common and he has like, I'm a hard worker, but he has a work ethic that's unmatched by anyone. And he's, you know, he just is always trying to be the best and he's, he's, uh, he's always an inspiration to be around so like i mean i know i was always at my best because i knew yeah you know i gotta stand next to ricochet every day and it's like you got to put in the work uh and that's i don't know we, we sort of learned that philosophy in dragon gate where it's just like you know there's nothing else but eat sleep wrestle i mean we train we train we sleep then we train and uh you know that's why Ricochet's so absolutely incredibly successful right now
4: that's awesome so i mean um you're in you're in New Japan at this point. I mean, tell us about your time in Japan. You know what some of your favorite like memories were, and maybe your favorite match during that run.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, so I want to say quick congratulations to Old Finn Juice. Spoiler alert: <laughs> uh, you know, those guys killed it in Tag League. Um, you know, we just did. For me, for me personally, like Japan was. I went to England and then I went to Japan when I was young, and it was the first time I ever had the chance to like really analyze what my like to see my world from the outside perspective. Because the people are the exact same as you or I, but they they grew up in a very different culture, and it got me to like question like, well, why am I like this or what's this? And basically, what I'm trying to say is, I learned how to be a better person by going to Japan. Mm. Like the way they do things is just it's really special and they, they have a special touch to things. So, I mean, everything from the fan interactions to the quality of wrestling, to the quality of, of dinners that I would have out to just, you know, I mean, um, being on the road with the guys was a great group. It was like me, the bucks, Kyle and Bobby. Yeah. You know, me and ricochet the bullet club. I mean, it was great. It was a great time to be in new Japan. And, uh, yeah, it's just I mean, you know we just the, the tours were great. Um, one of the best things about New Japan was like how efficient it was too. I mean, you guys just like it's peak perfection of of how wrestling organizations should be should be run. Mm-hmm. It, it was so it was so efficient, and I mean sometimes the, if you were the main event, the match would end and you just go straight onto the bus in your, in your gear. Uh, that way the guys can get to the hotel and like everybody can can get to dinner and every, it's just um, – uh, it, it's it was very much like a, communi- a community that supported each other. And being on the road like that, you, you know, it really helps to have uh, a lot of guys on your side and everybody working towards the same goal. So I, I think the thing I really missed there is like we really felt like we were part of something special mm-hmm. and we were doing – you know, we were all like – you know, what, what we were doing was what we were supposed to be doing. Like, we were going – everybody was all in every night. We were. Th- everybody was throwing down, trying to come up with new ideas. You know, we'd come up with an idea just before we go through the curtain. And, you know, that's how all the magic gets made. Uh, so, you know, we're just we're, – <laughs> it's funny just walking back, thinking of how many good matches I did get to have. And, like, <laughs> we would have um, – yeah, I like mean, like me and Ricochet even had this good one against like Alex Shelley and Kushida. Yeah, kind of in the middle of nowhere. That was awesome, and I mean, that was like just the first time we ever wrestled. So imagine if we we had been working those guys for like in a program. Like I can only imagine what we could have done. So yeah, I mean, it's just a uh, it's great memory, man. And I love. Uh, I was really proud of, of being those IWGP Junior Tag Champs, especially with all the competition we had, like Rocky and Trent. I mean, come on, those guys are awesome. Like it was a. Uh, yeah, we we were we had some good good events, and I I imagine most of that got recorded. But I don't th- I think a lot of it didn't end up on New Japan World. I think from some live events and stuff.
1: Well, actually, a lot of that kind of junior tag run is on New Japan World. I was re-watching a lot of those matches um, this weekend, and just watching that run of you and Ricochet coming in together and during that Super Junior Tag League, and you know the matches with Roppongi. Uh, Rapunkey Vice and the Young Bucks and Red Dragon And just kind of building to that final Where you guys won the junior tag team tournament was awesome And then the, the four-way that you had at um, Wrestle Kingdom that year Wrestle Kingdom 10, I believe it was, was just awesome And you guys all had great chemistry together
4: That that run's yeah. incredible And then also the super junior stuff uh, that year is
3: blow away Yeah, man no, is, I mean, It's... it's the joy of wrestling with them is that they picked the finest bunch of wrestlers you could ever get in the ring with. And even like the guy at War Machine was over there at the same time we were. I mean, it's just all these guys that are great in the ring and uh, great to be on tour with. It's just, it's a lot of fun memories there, man. I really loved uh, working on those shows.
1: Yeah, man. And so, you know, we hear
3: a lot now
1: from wrestlers who are leaving WWE and kind of talking about how it's over- overproduced and a lot of their matches are kind of like, you know, micromanaged. So when you were in New Japan, did you get any kind of input or like Gato or giving you any kind of feedback on your matches?
3: Uh, well, so I mean, like we 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 handle it between each other. like yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of you know I would say effort put into it. I I just don't I don't I don't feel it comes across the same way as WWE where it's like. Uh, less instructions, more guidance, you know, and that's what I felt like I got in New Japan. I got tons of good guidance and I had a lot of, you know, I had a lot of good people helping me. And um, there's a lot of people who I would call uh, wrestling genius, you know, in WWE, yes, but also in New Japan, where there's not as many uh, formulaic rules and like, uh, thing assumptions that are considered to be truths, you know, it's just sort of like if this works if it, if it's true, when it happens, it's true, you know, not not assuming like something has to follow or fit into a particular formula, which is sort of what you have to do if you're kind of if if it's not really free wrestling, you know if it's not open. Uh, so yeah, new man, we were just we, we were free to go go wild. and I mean, um, you know other than time constraints, man you know we weren't really worried about too much else is just sort of diy but I, I you know i'm trying to think of when when it comes to having a guy like will osprey on the on the roster mm. when when matches with him Pete, like you anybody can have an idea but like hey will can you do a, a 360 and i'll jump in and give you a cutter <laughs> okay great let's do it you know, <laughs> you, you got to understand we're not thinking of we don't like i don't show up with a, with a bunch of things i thought of on tuesday it's like we have to come up with it together collaborating there Thinking about what, what's you know the, the the work that we did there just w- was great because the the atmosphere was a great environment to kind of allow us to do the the best wrestling that we could do. And that ring is like the best wrestling ring on planet Earth for sure, bar none. It's the best wrestling ring. Um, like I don't like I don't like that WWE ring. <laughs> I don't like the Evolve ring. I like that New Japan ring.
4: Very high quality. <laughs> so uh, we touched on some of the differences. Obviously, you know, uh, Matt, you've had runs in all the major companies here in North America: Ring of Honor, WWE, Impact, New Japan, Evolve. Um, also, you know, overseas with Dragon Gate. What are some of the like biggest differences with with these different companies, and what are some of the similarities that you see just across the board?
3: oh i mean you just asked about like a million different companies and they're all <laughs> very different you know it just uh the, the japanese style is more unity where the people are kind of are in a company longer they're not in the company to go somewhere else or to get like mm. the, it's w- where you are is where you want to be yeah and a lot of times in the i notice wrestlers are always where so they want to be somewhere else and to me that's just all the most bizarre thing ever because it's like you can only be one place you can't be two places so you may as well just rock out wherever you're at. And then if you get a chance to go somewhere else, do it. And if not, just, uh, you know, uh, I'm not trying to give life advice to wrestlers on New Japan podcast. <laughs> no, this, this
4: feels like we're, uh, we're growing as people because of this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I tend to lecture.
1: <laughs> so uh, who's your uh, all-time favorite uh, New Japan wrestler?
4: And you can't say yourself <laughs>
3: no that like that's like not even on the top 10 oh no i'm just joking uh, uh, like nagana i would say is like my best of all to all time because i loved him from like the time i saw him in wcw like on when, when i was a kid he just stood out to me yeah uh and, and he kicked like i just like that style of wrestling um and then like so i met langer when my first run in dragon gate pre-wwe He was the Dragon Gate Open the Dream Gate champion. And so I had to go up to him. You know, I just, the first time I saw him, I said, Hey, can I do the Shooting Star Press? And he said, Okay. And then after he saw it, he, you know, gave me the old Segoy, said it was good to go. And that (laughs) that was a huge, it was a huge boost of confidence to me because that was like, as someone like I idolized, you got to understand, I didn't think I would meet him or talk like, or ever have an in person, you know. It, it, it was just a huge like uh mo- you know these were big moments for me where i realized like the games like i'm i'm way further than i thought i was going to get in this game and it's pretty great and i just uh you know that's why i stuck to stuck with sema after that and, like they kept guiding me in the right direction and really um you know just just really helped me improve and you know tell you know giving me good job saying good job after the match but also Good job, and you know you need to fight harder. Your forearms need to be a little stiffer, or whatever it is. They were just, yeah, uh, you know, they were there to help me polish the craft. So yeah, so I'd say li- like like uh, like Liger and Nagata.
4: Those are your those all-time. Are uh, I'm not sure how much you're still following the product Now is there anyone that you you know favor over there right now?
3: Oh my god, yeah. I mean, I like every. I mean, like I think. The, <laughs> I mean, like it's hard to not say Tanahashi for all time, just because he's just always smashed it. And then Okada is the best wrestler. Yeah. I mean, he, he's everything. Like, you got to understand, every indie show I go to, there's somebody trying to wrestle like Okada, and I just want to hit him. But they're the same people who used to try and wrestle like Orton not that long ago. And it's just good to see the influence of like, you know, that that Okada style wrestling like is really, uh, it's it's he's very influential, In that everybody wants to be like him. Uh, so I, I do uh, – you know, I love him, and I hate it when people imitate him. he's <laughs> uh, makes so- me sick. But, like, I mean, dude, I don't know what to tell you. Like, Will's awesome. Like, he he he's like the new AJ, but, like, <laughs> plus UK, ty- you know what I mean? Like, with an exclamation point at the end. Like, he's really an extraordinary – just he, everything about him is extraordinary. He's great, and, uh, I mean, he's it's, it's – <laughs> I can just uh, level compliments on the entire roster. So, I mean, you know, I mean, there's the cool thing about New Japan is that everybody has certain strengths and elements that they bring to the table, and nobody's like lacking anywhere. So it's you know, there's a lot it's, to to wrestle. There you got to be real well rounded. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they've got just I mean, a litany of incredible wrestlers. Who are, you, who are your guys' favorites of all time?
4: Oh, I mean, well, all time, God. Probably Hashimoto, I would say. Maybe Inoki, um, but I mean Tanahashi right now for sure is like, I mean, like my my like boy crush. <laughs> I love Respect. Tanahashi. Tanahashi pointed at me one time at WrestleCon when he's up on the turnbuckle, and I was like, he pointed at me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, they're- that's
3: great. Hey, he's the real deal, man. That's like you know these like I'm saying these guys are the best best in the world
1: yeah there's so many greats man you know you mentioned uh jushin thunder liger you know i got a chance to meet liger um in new york oh, yeah. during uh wrestlemania weekend and during you know the big uh msg show and actually interviewed me for a spot on a uh, tv Asai. so it's yeah. just crazy like yeah, jeremy was on japanese television we don't even know <laughs> we didn't
4: get to see it though <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it feels crazy like talking to liger but so i've always loved liger uh satoshi kojima Oh, that's that's your your guy. Yeah, I love Kojima, man. Uh, Just the the intensity and that strong style he brings, man. Those machine gun chops are awesome. And then, you know, uh, more recently, you know, a huge Kenny Omega fan. I loved his work. He's there. I love the match that you had with Kenny.
3: Thanks. Yeah, man. This is just my first match there. I couldn't even find the entrance. (laughs) (laughs) Serious. It's terrifying. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and so uh, you know, just getting ready to kind of wrap things up here. You know, appreciate you know giving us some time here. Just kind of want to know, like, um, what uh, bucket list items do you kind of have left in your career?
3: Uh, Have money, (laughs) like, no, I mean, you know, I got like I never had anything to prove to start with. I just like wrestling, man. I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, I you know, I don't for, for me, I'd love to be IWGP junior champion, you know, I'd love to do that. I'd love to work with AEW. Uh, I'd also love to, you know, there's, uh, the things I want to do are sort of behind the scenes, uh, action and changes that I want to make that are, that's kind of what I've been spending the last year working on and setting up and next year that's, that might be what I'm doing. I'm kind of trying to figure out how, how to make it work, but yeah, there's a whole new like, uh, act, like maybe I'm headed to act three of my three act, whatever, uh, story, but I, I, you know, I'd like to do a lot of stuff behind the camera. I actually have a whole theory on camera mainly, you know, cause I went to, or because of my experience in Japan, I love the Japanese camera work. Yes, yeah. I think it's superior it is. by, by like leaps and bounds. And I think it's, it's, it's shame. Uh, anyway, I have a whole, th- incredibly, Detailed theory on on why and how to shoot wrestling differently, and that's sort of what I uh, intend to do in you know in the future. Um, so that's sort of that's what's on my bucket list is to make uh, it, because it's my, my I have a simple philosophy. Like I always think wrestling should be making. I'm always like I'm always thrilled and happy that we have fans at the shows. But I always think like these guys go out there and they kill themselves and they're only making a hundred bucks. Like these guys, these guys deserve better. And the promoters are saying, guys, you need to do more to get people here. And they're saying, we're, we're doing what we can. Like, uh, so I always think we all, instead of blaming the guys for the action, not, not when you get the market, the right marketing behind them, uh, then they, they do come off. good. So example, the bucks, they, they wrestle PWG. They're the stars there. Somebody sees that, uses the right marketing techniques, and plus, obviously, all their legwork. Then you have all of AEW. Like, you're able to, to make something really big. And I just feel like um, if you let me fiddle with the dials just a little bit, I can bring I can bring it home to the viewers the way it feels live. And that's the thing that I just wanted to deliver to people is, man, the way the wrestling matches feel live is something incredible. You can't beat it. Like, you guys got to go to Corican Hall and go watch a show. Like, oh, we're going to be, what there. It, yeah. you know, you, you gotta go. And, um, because it's, it's all about the energy live and I want to figure out a way to deliver that through the TV, the same way ECW made me like a crazy psycho fan yeah. who became a wrestler. <laughs> I, I, I want to create that feeling for everybody else. I mean, that's basically what I'm out here to do. And so, uh, you know, I can do it through wrestling, but I can, you know, I sort of have been dealing with injuries all year and, and when they don't heal, you, you have to kind of start thinking of uh, what else you're going to do. And so, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm just going to wrestle till the wheels fall off. And, and then when <laughs> that happens, I'm going to go behind the camera and make somebody else look really good.
4: Awesome. So Matt, you talked about, um, you know, this kind of being like the third act of your career, you know, um, you've been a trainer. We are, you are a trainer currently, you know, we want you to kind of plug that, but also, you know, for anyone who wants to be a wrestler, do you have advice for them, you know, and, and what's next in the grand scheme for Matt Seidel?
3: All right, so what's next is yeah, lots of training at the school. I love doing that. Um, you know, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a simple guy. I like to grow cacti in a little garden here and take care of, take care of that stuff. You know, I, I'm not trying to go out and do be too, do too much or whatever. I, I you know I do a little bit of writing, but I don't know if I'm gonna ever put out a a, a book about myself. But maybe I'd like to do something for uh, aspiring wrestlers, sort of the same way Ken Shamrock's book helped me. Uh, have something, you know, a physical book for uh, aspiring wrestlers so, to go coincide with my training philosophy. And like I, I want if, if it's up to me, I want to train a bunch of wrestlers to learn how to not get hurt or hurt anyone else. And so if I have to put, you know, whatever I can put out uh, content wise in that realm, I'm gonna do that, like show guys my special techniques on how to fall or how to get your ass kicked and get back up techniques, you know, B- basically yeah. that kind of stuff. I'd like to share that with with the kids who are really interested in learning the, you know, this fine fine art which which I love, and uh, yeah, I want to just pass along that information to everybody because I don't, it's, you know, I I, I had to. I started wrestling when you could get on the internet and get the answers to almost everything, but somehow pro wrestling still wouldn't tell you the answers. You had to go figure it <laughs> out yourself. I, I went and figured it out, but everybody told me, Hey, you don't have to keep it secret anymore. So I'm a, you know, maybe I'll write a book and get, start training some guys. But, uh, you know, that's sort of like or, to touch on what we talked about real early about like that shoot style wrestling versus regular in the training. I mean, it, I train a lot of the way that Dragon Gate did, which is like you're doing all wrestling technique. Which if you squeeze really hard, you can pop a guy's head off. Yeah. But your arm's going to get tired. So you can you can try and pop a head off and make your arm tired, or you can go squeeze just a little less hard, and his head won't pop off, and you can keep going on for 20 minutes. I mean, it's it's really as simple as that for for people looking to wrestle. It's as simple as that. Learn how to wrestle, you know, on a on a regular. Uh, high school wrestling team and then you can be a pro wrestler and i mean it's that's the best prerequisite to doing that and i mean i'm sure minoru suzuki would say the same thing like you know learn to wrestle first and then learn to pro wrestle nice i mean i think that's how Fale, i mean he that's how he trains his guys down in in new zealand i mean that's just how the the next group of guys are all these like Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reillys and just guys that are just, you know, they can they can rip you apart limb from limb, and they can also put on great shows and kick kick you really hard in the chest and people clap.
4: (laughs) Oh, trust us, we were at an NXT show where a drunk guy got in the ring, uh, in the middle of a match, we saw Kyle O'Reilly kick his head off.
3: (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah, bro. Oh my god.
2: (laughs) yeah, yeah all right crazy. guys
3: well hey uh, th- uh thanks for uh the- chatting here uh if people want to check me out on instagram it's m-a-t-t-s-y-d-a-l you know i'm still around i'm still throwing down like i'll you know i'm not going anywhere uh and i uh, appreciate the support and you guys it yeah it means a lot of people watch good wrestling to me man because sometimes you lose a little bit of faith and, and then you hear people watch japanese wrestling and makes you feel warm inside It you know, <laughs> makes you feel just a little less alone <laughs> you know so uh, if, I, if I can do anything to help you guys out in the future or if you want me to come on and, and say nice things about all the new Japan, new Japan wrestlers that I love uh, we can do that again Definitely man
1: do you have any uh, upcoming dates that you want to plug? Uh,
3: yeah I'm wrestling for Defy on January 3rd. Uh, I have a show in Boston on December 28th D- Defy's in Seattle uh and oh i'm well so on on wednesday i'm wrestling at a synagogue in minnesota and then friday uh i have a i'm i'll be in israel for a uh, a big show at cinema city the largest oh i don't know if it's it's the biggest one that we've done in the past couple of years so uh that's that's a big show coming up so if there's any strong style fans in japan or in uh, israel Come on out! We're going we'll be at Cinema City. That sort of <laughs> that sort of is gonna close out my year. You know, I mean, I uh, like that weekend's like a big weekend in wrestling. I know final battles then, and then like then we go into Wrestle Kingdom coming up on the first or whatever. What is it, the fourth? I mean, yeah, January fourth, then uh, the fourth, and then they're doing Dash right the next day.
1: Yeah, we got a uh, two nights at the Dome, January fourth and fifth, and then uh, New Year's Dash on the sixth.
3: we all right, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. It's gonna be a good way to the. I mean, like yeah it's always good to finish the year strong so thanks thanks for the chat guys uh anything else thank you matt
1: yeah thanks so much all right and we are back from the interview man it was so great having uh matt Seidel on
4: yeah man every time we do these interviews we never know exactly how they're gonna gonna go and you know i can tell you one thing in 2020 i think you're gonna be hearing a lot more interviews from uh the keeping it strong style boys but uh yeah it was awesome having uh Matt, you know, join us here, uh, you know, via audio. And uh, that was one of the easiest interviews we've ever done. Like, we, we barely had to do anything. <laughs> right.
1: Like we just, we just set him up and just let him talk. <laughs> yeah.
4: So, I mean, that was, that was awesome. And for those of you who uh, might have, you know, friends who maybe don't listen to this show or maybe aren't necessarily New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, pro fanatics like the rest of us. Uh, you know throw this link out Throw this show out tell people about it because there's Plenty of people who know Matt want To listen to his opinions on not only this Product but wrestling in general His background his you know philosophies And man what a great guy to have on the Show
1: yeah and if you enjoy the interview Hit him up on Twitter let him know that you heard him On keeping it strong style and that you enjoyed The interview absolutely so yeah Looking forward to uh, working with Matt again In the future so
4: all right So you know what time of year it is Jeremy
1: we are on the road to the Tokyo Dome. Isn't it great that the road to the Tokyo Dome is like two weeks?
4: <laughs> <laughs> and not four months? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess technically you could start from the G1 finals, but really, we're on the road to Tokyo Dome. It's like two weeks. It's great. Yeah. We had a, like a, a week-long break here.
1: Yeah, that's right. No um, shows from New Japan uh, this uh, past weekend.
4: I will tell you one thing. I tried... To listen, or I tried to watch the uh, <laughs> Warrior Wrestling 7 show and uh, got about halfway through it. Literally saw No New Japan Talent. Uh, the show ended up being four fucking
1: hours. That was a long, dude. I came home. I got home at like. Did you home. see any of it? I did. I watched the last half. I, I got home. You watched
4: the whole last half?
1: Yeah. All of it? Yeah. Was there any of <laughs> I I got bro. Home. We haven't talked like I bro. I I conked out. I was so tired. Yeah, because I got home at like nine forty five, ten o'clock, and like the like the the pre intermission match was just like ending. God. And then then went the intermission. They went the intermission. And um, yeah. Then they came back, and all the New Japan bro, matches. Bro, happened. the
4: first half of the show was abysmal. I'm talking bad. Like we go to indie shows all the time, and it they, they're not. Uh, it makes me thankful for what we have in Florida. I know Chicago's a hotbed, but man, it was bad, bro. It was bad.
1: And it's fun to laugh at. The last half was great. Really?
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I still I still have access because I actually paid for this show. I I put my money where my mouth is, so I'll have to watch it. What was good from that?
1: Um, our, our Suzuki and Tom Waller was that, that was good. That was good. What um, would you rate that? Probably like in the four star range. Okay. Um, I, I that's kind of the main
4: reason why I got the thing in the first place. What about the Rascals and Chaos?
1: Oh, freaking incredible. Really? Yeah, so Rich Ladd's <laughs> Pro Wrestling all over it. <laughs> Flips, dives. I mean, Amazing Red doing a, a code of red to Trey Miguel off the top rope, launching Trey Miguel out into um, you know the Rascals and Osprey. Dude, they were doing some crazy high spots in that match.
4: What about Phantasmo uh, and, um, was it Brand Cage? Yeah,
1: that was pretty good as well. Phantasmo uh, getting all the heat, cutting, you know, the... Traditional promo, but all your teams suck, got super heat, uh throwing the hats and then uh Brian Cage came out there and uh that
4: show they had a lot of really, really great talent, but it was it was like one of those, you know, Shindy shows. Like it was way too long. They bro, the the one match that I did see that was kind of okay was Elgin and Adonis and it went to a time limit draw and we were already there's still five matches to go. And we we're two hours in at that point. I'm like,
1: what is happening right now? Yeah, I now? think that show ended at like Midnight our time Holy
4: crap Yeah I started at 8 Yeah Yeah bro <laughs> I, I passed out So I mean that was one thing And then the the Whoever they had on um On the mic For the commentary the Commentary uh, team was so bad
1: I know one of them was uh, Rich Bokini Who does bro, bro. Uh, MLW Used to be Oh fun. oh you
4: know what Okay I'm sorry Rich Bokini was fine It was the He was the play by play The color guy was really bad
1: Yeah I'm not sure Who the color guy the was The color
4: guy was awful Like awful awful Yeah I mean Jeez, I get it because they brought in a lot of outside talent, and you need to still try to get over your homegrown guys. But like, they could have done it differently. That sucked. Yeah. But um, and before we get to Road to Tokyo, did you see anything from um, Final Battle?
1: Yes, I did. I watched all the good matches from Final <laughs> Battle, which was uh, Jeff Cobb defeating Dan Math. Was that good? Yeah, it was real good. Three and a half. Real good um, Haas match.
4: And the two tag matches. In the
1: opening match, you had um, Villain Enterprises of Marty Skrull and Flip Gordon. Um, They lost to uh, Mexi Bloods, Bandito, and Flamita. That was a really good match. It won about four stars on that one. Okay. Then um, Gresham and Lethal versus the Briscoes. Gresham and Lethal becoming the new... Ring on a World Tag Team Champions Us uh, Yeah, us <laughs> <laughs> Went about four stars on that one as well And then What else did I watch from that show? Oh, uh, Dragon Lee versus Shane Taylor for the TV title It's another uh, I didn't great like match first
4: match that much I liked the part where uh, drag- Oh, that was Bandito, wasn't it? Yeah oh, Okay, I'm mixing up my lucha <laughs> Uh How was that match?
1: It's, once again, this was another match I was in that four. I think I went maybe three, seven, five, maybe 4 You didn't well, watch Rush and PCO? I did or Was that good? I have mixed feelings I saw people uh,
4: I saw people trashing it Like one star And I'm like
1: I don't think it was that I don't know I saw, I don't know how to rate that one It was kind of a walk and brawl Then you had you know, told you Destro coming out And you know Bringing PCO back to life with, I, with, I didn't see any of that With the uh, the, electric, the jumper cables Yeah, I Yeah mean, But I mean it, it was fine for what it was I mean of course PCO took a lot of crazy bumps
4: For those of you that don't know Roosh who was undefeated For 11 months in this company And you know The reigning world champion Uh Drop the title to uh, PCO after holding it for like What a month or two
1: yeah I think you won it In September or something like that
4: Yeah that's some weird booking Yeah they're They're
1: having a rematch next Month at the one of the Atlanta Shows
4: it sounded like Final Battle actually Was pretty good
1: well There was some bad stuff on there okay. too But I, I, I skipped all that though Okay, uh, so if you nice. if you just watch the good matches, yeah, it was a great show.
4: <laughs> but interesting that Warrior Wrestling Seven was happening in Chicago with tons of New Japan talent on it, and then final battles occurring. Where were they? Vegas,
1: New York? No, they were in uh, Baltimore, I believe.
4: Okay, and no New Japan talent. Yeah, interesting. Well, let's uh, let's get into this into this uh. Preview show uh, for Road to Tokyo Dome Predictions.
1: Yep, so Road to Tokyo Dome We have three live shows coming up This week, so the first show will be happening On Thursday, December 19th. All three of these shows are From Corkin Hall So, uh, opening up Night one, we have Togi Makabe Tomioka Hanba, Risuke Aguchi and Rocky Romero, taking on the team Of Jushin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask Yota Suji, and Yuya Yamura
2: Hmm
4: you know, I'm even wondering – I know we're live on <laughs> – I know we're recording, like, on the air. Do we even want to give previews for these, or do you want to just have general discussions about these shows? Because I'm, like, looking at it, and I'm like, multiple match, multi match, multi match, multi match. Like, it's literally nothing except for the one – there's one singles match. It's, like, a lot of just preview matches top to bottom. Right. I mean, like, I could give you my answer for every one of these matches, but ultimately, I don't even think it matters.
1: Right, I mean, most of these is all obviously going to be building up uh, momentum going into the Dome. I'm sure we'll see some 50-50 kind of booking, trying to get each guy some shine going into the um, Wrestle Kingdom.
4: I say we just run down the cards and have general discussions about what we see here.
1: Okay, so um, following that opening match, we'll have Finn Juice and Toa Inare versus G.O.D. and Bad Luck Fale. Then we'll have Sonata and Evil versus Dangerous Techers. We'll have the Chaos team of Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Sho and Yo versus the Bullet Club team of Kenta, Yujiro Takahashi, Taiji Ishimori, and El Fantasmo. Then we will have Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tetsuya Naito and Shingo Takagi. Mm. Kazuchika Okada and Yoshihashi versus Jay White and Chase Owens. And then we'll have the main event: Will Osprey and Robbie Eagles versus Hiromu Takahashi and Bushi.
4: Nice. So, I mean, this is a pretty stacked card. I mean, for for the uh, the preview shows for, like, Road to Tokyo Dome, sometimes it feels like you, you do have, like, certain guys in there, but there's a lot of, I don't know, sometimes it just feels like a lot of riffraff. And um, I know it almost seems like when I say, like, oh, there's a lot of multi-man matches, doesn't matter, that that's me, like, belittling the card. But it really isn't. I think the outcomes themselves don't necessarily matter. What does matter is the matchups that we're seeing and the, the level of talent. We're getting almost everybody that's involved with Wrestle Kingdom this year on these cards Which is actually pretty awesome
1: Right, yeah, and yeah. these multi-man matches I mean, a lot of stacked talent I think these are going to be some great shows Uh, One thing I did want to talk to you about We didn't really cover last week and we haven't had a chance To talk about it off the air How do you feel about Hiromu Takahashi wrestling On these shows, do you think they should hold him Off to the dome, or you think It's fine, um, him Coming back here
4: We talked about that um, Not recently but when when he first Made his return you remember that was like a discussion We're like when will we see him Like make his official return right And at the time I think we Had both said that we would have preferred That he ended up Just um making His debut at the dome but I think at the time I was like the way New Japan is He's gonna end up on The road to shows just To like to build up the uh The match between him and Will Ospreay And also to kind of like work their spots And and get the ring rust kind of off of him And I think that's exactly what we're seeing here And I think there are some people who will be disappointed by this decision But I also, it makes sense why they're doing it in my mind
1: Right, yeah, I've I've heard, you know, a lot of, um, you know Reporters and analysts kind of, um, you know Kind of upset that they are having Hiromu wrestle on these shows And not saving that first big match for the Dome, Um, you know, they think it's going to, you know, little the pop at the Dome and kind of r- reduce excitement. You think, Zing- so?
4: you think so? I don't
1: think so. I mean, I think regardless, he's going to get a huge pop at the Dome. People are going to be super into that match. And, um, you know, here on these Road 2 shows, we're going to see what he's made of. Like, you know, how, you know, is he going to be 100%? Is he still going to be doing the same spots? Or is he going to change his style up? We're going to get that. Answered here
4: I I see the argument there But also keep I have to think about A couple things From a business perspective They're not wasting anything Because you're getting Osprey and Takahashi Regardless You're you're getting it anyways You know what I mean And then Whether they do these matches now Or they didn't do them at all You wouldn't end up um, Not from a business perspective, drawing more fans Drawing more pay-per-view eyes Or or, or more uh, subscriptions To New Japan World, you just wouldn't like. Right. It doesn't have any business Benefit to them to not do it uh, My counter argument To why it kind of does make sense is Do you want to see Will Ospreay In three throwaway Matches that don't involve Hiromu Takahashi in the Literal quote-unquote road to Tokyo Dome and Hiromu Just not be there you know, or or you know, I mean, how would that look if, say, Hiromu was just jumping him afterwards, or just accompanying other Lij members while they fought Will Osprey? Like, you know, it'd be kind of weird. It'd be weird. Or do you just keep Will Osprey off of those cards altogether? A, that's really not his style. And B, right. like, they still have to draw these crowds too. Like these, they're these are all from Cork and Hall, right? Right. I mean, it makes sense. They're putting Osprey and Takahashi in the main event of Cork and Hall. It's, that's still for them business and it's going to be a preview match The preview matches are really important in New Japan Pro Wrestling like you know what I mean right like the only way that they if they really wanted to like Save his you know um, Match for Wrestle Kingdom They probably should have just not had him return until last night <laughs> Right <laughs> of road to Tokyo Dome and then do it. But yeah, I mean this makes total sense to me I mean Sure, I get like in a perfect world you would want to save it, but then the conundrum is, well, what do you do for these three nights? It would be it'd be awkward and weird. And instead, we're getting a chance to see them work out the kinks. We're getting a chance to see
1: them, uh, you know, work their chemistry out. Right. You're getting a little appetizer. You can get you know get salivated. You're gonna want to see this match at the dome. Do you remember how um
4: how good those preview matches were uh during? It was during um. World Tag League two years ago, when when these two guys were on the undercard every night in those multi man matches, when it was chaos and uh,
1: Lij Lij, yeah, and they were
4: always the highlight. And then when they ended up having their couple singles matches that year, like you kind of got the body of work that they were doing right. based off that. I'm I'm sure they're going to do some of that here.
1: And I mean, last year we had that um, Golden Lovers versus Osprey and Hiroshi Tanahashi. I believe it was the last night yeah. of Road to, <clears throat> excuse me the Road to Tokyo Dumb shows. So. If we had had like a tag team match of the year, that would have
4: been a strong contender for tag team match of the entire year. Right,
1: yeah, that match was phenomenal.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the best tag team matches of the 2019, even though it occurred in 2018. If you're going by voting, that could have easily took 2019 for sure. I I can't think of another tag team match off the top of my head that was as good as it, except for maybe like Birds of Prey and,
1: and
4: Bullet Club. I mean, that's about it, really.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that main event I got my eyes, I got it circled, man This is going to be, I think it's going to be a fire main event and These guys are going to go out here, they're going to bust their butts And have a really great match
4: I also think it's worth noting that these are the final Nights of Tiger Mask Or I'm sorry, (laughs) Tiger Mask Of and Thunder Liger competing In Cork and Hall And it's, uh, you know, that's going to be Really emotional, this first night You're seeing him in a multi-man match with Rocky, Taguchi, Hanma, Makabe, Tiger Mask, Suji, and Yamura. So you're kind of getting a lineup of like some of the big name like heavyweights from you know this past decade. You know some of the other juniors that he has close relationships with, even guys in in the the office, and then Suji and Yamura, who are like two of the trainees. So you're kind of getting a smorgasbord of guys that probably are going to be extremely honored to work one of the final matches of Liger's career. And uh, that's going to be emotional. Every 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 night from here on out that we see Liger in the ring, that's going to be extremely emotional.
1: Yeah, last uh, few nights here at Corken Hall, man, it's going to be crazy.
4: Um, early, I, I think earlier you just said Finn Juice versus God and Fale, but I th- think you forgot to say Hanare
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally skipped that Hanare Yeah, Hanare will be teaming with Finn Juice in that six man against uh, Tama, Tanga, and Bad Luck Fale.
4: I mean, the main thing there, obviously, Finn Juice and God will be. Uh, going head to head for the uh, IWGP tag team titles come Wrestle Kingdom time I think Toa Hanari and Bad Luck Fale being in there is interesting From the standpoint that Hanari just came off of a really really good world tag league And then you've got his senpai Bad Luck Fale on the opposite side And we've seen what happens when those two guys go head to head
1: Right that's kind of been like an ongoing ongoing background story for Toa Hanara he's, he's been wanting to uh, defeat his senpai Bad Luck Fale
4: yeah, so I mean, obviously, I think we know who's uh, taking the fall here, <laughs> most likely, um, setting up a situation for God to look strong going into the dome. But, right,
1: making uh, uh, Finn Juice look like underdogs.
4: But Hanari works well with all these bull club guys. So I mean, and then obviously Finjuice Juice are coming off of a really good, uh, you know, World Tag League uh, victory. So you know, just like uh, Matt said on the on the interview, shout out to Finjuice. Juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, that that that's one to look forward to. Now here's one to really. That I can definitely sink my teeth into, and I think it's one of the most uh, intriguing matches of this night is Sonata and Evil versus Dangerous Techers.
1: Yeah, so these are two of the best performing teams in the World Tag League.
4: Yeah, uh, one of yeah, two of. I mean, there was like four basically if you really think about it. Right. Well,
1: I, there's there's well, five, five five yeah, but yeah, so this should be a great tag match, and obviously they're kind of previewing uh, Sonata and Saber.
4: Who are the five you were thinking of?
1: mm Juice. Mm-hmm. Dangerous Techers. Dangerous Techers. Evil and Sonata. Evil and Sonata. Um, Yoshihashi and Ishii. Yeah.
4: And then who, Cobb and... Uh, Nichols, yeah. Those are, Okay, that's, yeah. Who I was, that's who I was thinking of t- <laughs> Just want to make sure. I guess you could throw... Um, you could probably throw Goto and... Um,
1: Carl Fredericks. Fredericks yeah. in there too. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good.
4: But this is this is interesting. Um, we already saw uh, Evil and Sonata take on Dangerous Techers. Didn't they lose to Dangerous Techers?
1: Uh... I think that might have been the one team that beat them Because they, well, they, they lost twice They lost to Finjuice on the last night And then there was one other team that they lost to So maybe it was uh, Dangerous Techers, but I'm kind of blanking right now
2: I'm
4: going to take a look here So Evil and Sonata They beat Saber and Tai Chi Okay Okay so this is a rematch of, of a match that we saw during the world tag league obviously we're um this is occurring due to the fact that zach sabre jr and sonata will be facing on the second night of wrestle kingdom for the undisputed british heavyweight uh championship um but th- these are two teams that just have a lot of chemistry they gel really well together and um you know evil and tai chi both having that strong style hard heavy hitting style and then sabre and sonata doing all the world of sport you know uh Grappling centric stuff. This is a really cool matchup that I'm looking forward to.
1: Yeah, this should be, like we said, two great teams should be a great match. Obviously, advancing that story between Sonata and Saber. Obviously, I think uh, Tai Chi is going to be there to kind of eat the pin on this one. You think so? I think so. I uh, mean, potentially probably. you could have Saber tap out Evil or do a quick uh, European clutch on Evil. But I don't know, I feel like you Tai Chi... You could even have
4: either Zach or Sonata go over on one another at this point. Like, right. It doesn't, well, that doesn't happen very often. Well, I feel
1: like Sonata's pinned Saber like four times now. Right. Yeah.
4: And so, like, maybe if you really want to keep the streak alive, like...
1: Just have a... He does it again. <laughs> yeah, just... Because <laughs> every night just keeps pinning him.
4: <laughs> Possibly. But we've got more matches between um, Sonata and Zach coming up on this... Um, On this tour so I mean this is just the first Night of that story but this one should be great
1: Yeah and another one to uh, Circle and keep your eyes on is Kota Ibushi and Tanahashi Versus Naito and Shingo
4: Yes so and actually you know I kind of want to talk about that one in Conjunction to the other tag match that's above It Um, The Okada and Jay White match And I I, yeah because those those two matches Go hand in hand in, uh, In my book
1: Right, because they're both uh, previews of the double gold dash matches.
4: But before we get to that, we've got the um, the Chaos uh, Eight Man tag against Bullet Club, and it's, uh, you know, Goto, Ishii, uh, Rapungi 3K against Kenta, Yujiro, and um, Ishimor and Phantasmo. So you've got three really big feuds, kind of. Actually, I'm sorry, just two. You got two <laughs> kind of big uh don't match feuds uh kind of you know Encompassed in this match
1: right you got Goto who's gonna be uh, challenging Kenta for the never open weight Title and then you have Rapungi 3k Who will be challenging Taiji And ELP for the yeah. IWGP junior tag team Titles and you know we've kind of seen this whole Chaos bullet club rivalry Really kind of blow up with Kenta turning on Goto and Ishii to join Bullet club and this Kind of rivalry has been running since then Since the end of the G1 All the way up until now
4: And in a sort of understated way You could even like include The stuff from G1 earlier in the year With like Goto and Jay White And you know when Jay White l- dropped three Losses back to back to Chaos members On the first few nights of the G1 Climax and you know That that all ties into The animosity between them with Gato and Jado, and you know The the whole entire um, Backstabbing that Jay White did And since then things have been extremely Hostile between these two factions not that they were Ever good but I mean
1: right the heat's been Turned back up
4: right and then Obviously with Goto and Kenta you Know and everything with Shibata this is uh, One of the more Anticipated uh, feuds of of Wrestle Kingdom although Obviously there's a lot of disappointment for those fans that Expected or hoped that Shibata would Be directly involved with uh, Wrestling Kenta
1: right uh, which I'm sure we'll get our uh, Shibata parents at the dome somehow. Do you, do
4: you think he's gonna be here on these nights?
1: I don't think so. I think we'll see him um I'm sure there'll be some kind of ref bump or some kind of interference and he'll come out to help That'd be my Goto guess. fight off Bullet Club.
4: That'd be my guess too. So speaking of these um two tag matches, so you've got Okada and Yoshihashi taking on Jay White and Chase Owens. And then Ibushi and Tanahashi versus Naito and Shingo Takagi. And um yeah, this is these are really, really interesting from a few different perspectives. I mean, just obviously that we're getting Ibushi and Tanahashi again teaming together against Naito and Shingo, like that could definitely be match of the night easily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you obviously have Ibushi and Naito head to head once again since you know, their uh, legendary feud this past year, their uh, trilogy of matches, the infamous Dominion head drop match. <laughs> yeah. And um, on, the, on the other side of things, Okada Yoshihashi, Jay White, and Chase Owens, I think ultimately what we're seeing here is we're seeing preview matches for possible matchups that might occur during this double dash title You know run for the gold basically
1: right And as we talk about uh night two And three we'll see that they've mixed up those Combinations so you're seeing All potential outcomes Of those uh two matches That will be happening
4: I think that this is Really important for them to do that because this is Something we've been critical that they haven't done Enough of you know and um I don't know if it's do you think it's too little Too late we're like a few weeks out like You know and these are kind of minor shows or Do you think that this is the right Time to be doing this and if they uh have memorable enough moments and and angles that maybe it'll gain traction.
1: I mean, what do you think? I think they they probably should have tried to do something a little bit before these shows, but
4: well, they did that one time when everyone was in the ring and it was terrible. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, what was that
1: power struggle? Yeah, power struggle. It was awful. Was it power struggle or King of Pro Wrestling?
4: I think it was power struggle, but I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, it's one of those two shows. Yeah, they had that angle of all four guys uh yeah, besides that, they should have tried to do some other stuff, but you know, we can't change the past. We've got these three shows coming up. I think capitalize on these three big shows. English commentary is going to be a lot of people watching these shows. You can do some great angles here to kind of heat things up. I like the fact that we're going to be seeing all the different combinations. And so kind of get you thinking, all right, which way are they going? What are we going to see on night two? Who's going to win the matches on night one? So I like that. And like you said, you know, we can get some promos we can get some angles and really, heat this thing up and drive it home heading into January 4th.
4: Yeah, and I think there's some symbolism here. You know, the history between Ibushi and Tanahashi, it is significant that they're going to be tagging together and they're going to be involved in uh, either straight tags or they'll also be on the same side on the final night in a six-man tag. But, um, you know, they were in the finals of the G1 Climax against one another last year. There was a long-running story about whether uh, Ibushi was able to best Tanahashi or not. And every time he faced him in one-on-one competition, he came up short. And he's always looked up to Tanahashi and seen him as almost like, he calls him a god of pro wrestling. And so him finally like defeating Tanahashi this past G1 season and, and all that, I think it's very symbolic, the fact that they've got these two guys kind of teaming up. And some people might even look to that and say that that might be in some ways, foreshadowing a possible Abushi win come Wrestle Kingdom time,
1: right? And another kind of story to look at too is you know we look at last year's Road to Tokyo Dome and the, oh, the yeah. build up, and it, obviously the main event was Kenny Omega and Hiroshi Tanahashi, and part of that rivalry was you know Tanahashi wanting Abushi to kind of come under his wing, and he wanted to kind of mentor Abushi to be you know the next ace, next big star, yeah. and obviously Abushi was partners with Kenny. And was, you know, teaming with bullet club guys and kind of, you know, being in the background and Tanahashi kinda of wanted Ibushi to come kinda of come out of that. So we got that coming up to you know, the that's forefront an, here. That's
4: another thing. I didn't even think of that until this moment. But I mean, we don't we don't talk about Kenny a lot when it comes to the actual stories here in New Japan because obviously he's moved on. But if you think about it for a moment, one year ago, almost to the day, there was heavy, heavy hostility between Kenny Omega and Tanahashi, one of the most heated, like, builds that I can remember in a long time. I mean, maybe it wasn't from, like, a angle standpoint, but from the interviews, there was some real, real animosity. Right. And we all know the relationship between Ibushi and Kenny Omega, so then, like, a, and he was kind of caught in between the two at the time, so it's interesting seeing him uh, tag-team with Tanahashi going into, uh, you know, dome season. Very
1: interesting there. Right, especially after, like, all the weird shots between him and kenny right and all the
4: all the illusions and everything very interesting um obviously with naito him teaming with shingo that's another interesting matchup just or uh you know team up just because shingo really doesn't have anything too concrete or you know special going on for his first uh tokyo dome But um, I think a lot of people kind of have him earmarked as being a potential leader of a faction in the future Whether that be lij or somewhere else and we all know the special relationship between naito and shingo We we detailed it in the past, you know, right schoolmates training partners, you know, their friendship extends beyond just new japan pro wrestling and so um, I think you're seeing a lot of that here You're seeing a lot of with these teams on these last few nights as guys that are extremely close with one another um the other interesting thing here, too, is, like, Shingo's very important in New Japan. So is Tanahashi. And, obviously, the the top four guys, Jay White, Naito, Ibushi, and Okada, aren't really there to be pin-eaters. Right. But they've got some big names, Tanahashi and Shingo. So, I mean.
1: Yeah, will well, Tanahashi has his big match <sighs> with uh, Chris Jericho right. on January 5th. So, so I mean, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't want the ace-eating pins going into his match with Jericho.
4: That's true. That is true. But then at the same time, it's like you kind of also want to make these all these guys look strong And so anyway, these are the probably in my opinion and estimation These tag matches between the this combination of four guys are the most important matches of the night even if they're not the main event because they kind of matter the most leading into the actual January 4th and January 5th because it's like who's gonna get a leg up on the others even if it's just preview matches and so there's kind of a lot riding here, um, right? Obviously, I think Shingo's probably taking the loss here, but also at the same time. I mean like Shingo's kind of a big deal. I mean, yes We seem to lose to guys like goto so I can see it, but it's also like Thomas she's probably not gonna lose because of Jericho but
1: He could <laughs> Right, and you know, obviously you know, Jericho is scheduled for dynamite this week, so I'm not sure how Quickly that con money can get him over to cork and hall so we might not see him on night one or two, maybe the last night. Maybe.
4: I also, but. I also like, um, the only reason I'm thinking is, like, Naito, like, at some point you're going to want Naito to probably win a match. At some point you're going to want Ibushi to win a match. At some point you're going to want Jay White and, and Okada to win a match. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, that's. I'm just wondering, like, Tadahashi's probably going to have to take a pinfall at some point, wouldn't you think?
1: I don't know. I have a feeling they're gonna keep Tanahashi strong since Jericho's not gonna be on these shows for him to wrestle So
4: so you think that abushi is going undefeated all three nights over all three guys over jay white over uh Naito and okada That's what i'm saying like yeah. At some point i'm i'm thinking someone has got to take a pinfall, which means Tanahashi's probably got to get rolled up one of these nights and I don't know this one might make the most sense in my book it might not but
1: Yeah, I mean you could have you could have Naito pin Tanahashi
4: It's either that I don't think Tanahashi should take the loss on night three and we'll get to that So I mean you could have him lose you either you've got two choices. It's either Jay White or Naito I could see Jay White beating him. Yeah, that would make sense but um it's interesting that they've got these big names You usually see a, someone that's a designated Pin eater and because they've got such a Strong name tied to Ibushi It makes you wonder
1: Right like just looking at it to me like Shingo to me kind of seems like he's going to be the Pin eater just based on his card Placement on both nights but then Again you mentioned Shingo's a big name They're, They want to get Shingo over
4: It's because I'm not looking at it in a vacuum I agree with you in a vacuum Head to head yeah Shingo's Taking the pinfall it makes sense but when you look at it over the course of three nights and all that, you're like, well, maybe Ibushi and Tanahashi are just going to sweep everybody back to, back to back to back to make him a really strong challenger on night four, and they could do that. And they right. might,
1: especially if he's going to lose to Okada on night one. Yep,
4: that's what they might do. That that's probably the right booking, wouldn't you think?
1: Right, and you got this whole storyline of him being kind of enraged and you know being Murdockota full time now, so. He could be Murakota all three nights and just, um, you know, steamroll these guys going to January 4th with all the momentum, but then Okada beats him.
4: I also wonder, like, what if Ibushi showing a different attitude during these matches could be some sort of precursor to something between him and Tanahashi post-Dome?
1: If Tanahashi's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you acting like this?
4: Because, yeah, I think it's a very interesting match. Like, that's the one team-up that has the most uh, potential to produce friction, of, of all of them So that's something else You might want to keep Your eyes on
1: <laughs> Right
4: um, I think we can almost Move on to night too I'm pre- I am I think we've done A pretty good job here Is there anything You want to talk about When it comes to uh, Birds of Prey And Hiromu Mbushi and
1: No I think we kind of Touched that already It's, it's going to be A phenomenal main event It's going to be great To see Hiromu back in action And I'm just really curious To see you know what his style is going to be? Is he going to you know doing the jumping senton off the top rope to the floor? Or is he going to be doing those wild crazy dives? Like what are we going to get here? So it's going to be really interesting.
4: Yes, I hope they don't go too crazy because I want them to wrestle <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> at the dome. All right.
4: Uh So night two, February twentieth. Um, this show is actually going to be free on New Japan World with no sign up involved.
1: Right, and there will be English commentary. So you know, oh, that's Friday.
4: Yeah. Remember oh you know what I don't, when are we doing foh draft Saturday oh, okay because last year I think we did it on Friday And the free show was the same night and so like I ended up staying up late watching it and I was like I don't remember Anyway, <laughs> 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 but I remember I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it is last year, too
1: um, So yeah Friday free on New Japan World no sign up English commentary But I'm pretty sure everybody who listens to this show probably has a New Japan World subscription I You would, would get think, I would think you would think but if you are a new listener, new to New Japan, there's,
4: no, there's definitely people that listen that like don't even watch New Japan; they just listen to us just to like get the coverage. I know that for a fact. Right. There are people who've told me that.
1: So yeah, so if you don't have New Japan World subscription, this is a perfect night for you to kind of test out New Japan World free. You don't have to put your email in. Just click on it, watch the show. So uh, let's run down the cards. So we got a uh, Toa Hanare taking on Yotosuji, Suji, Makabe Hanma and Yamura taking on Bad Luck Fale, Taiji Ishimori and ELP. Liger and Roppongi 3K against Tiger Mask, Toguchi, and Rocky Romero. Sonata and Shingo versus Dangerous Techers. Goto, Ishii, and Finjuice versus Kenta, Yujiro, and G.O.D. Kota Bushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Jay White and Chase Owens. And then the main event this night will be Tetsuya Naito, Evil, Hiromu, and Bushi versus Okada, Yoshihashi, and the Birds of Prey.
4: Some really good stuff here. I don't know if I think that this card looks as strong as the other two knights, but you know, we'll we'll talk about it. The opening match to me is kind of interesting. Hanari and Yotasuji. Um Suji was someone who at one point we kind of heralded as being like one of the most prospective young lions in the group. And since this past year's kind of passed, he's kind of, in my estimation, been the most underdeveloped of the young lions, the most raw. Right. Not to say he isn't good; he's very good, but we've seen some of the other guys make more uh, advancement, more progress uh, than Yota Tsuji. So this is kind of a, a really good test for him to kind of go up against Toa Hanare, and I think they're two guys whose styles complement each other really
1: well. Right. So this will be a big kind of hoss battle. Uh, Toa Hanare coming off a pretty good World Tag League performance, teaming with Tanahashi, and we've seen Toa Hanare and Suji wrestle in the past. We have. And and it was kinda, pretty good, right? You know,
4: it wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be, though,
1: right? Um, so you have Suji now, who's kind of like you know one of the senior young lions of the New Japan uh, young lions right now. Him and uh, Umora, and so I kind of feel like they're positioning Suji as like the the leader of the class right now. Um, and so this is kind of like a great matchup between a guy who's in that young lion stage trying to make the next step, and then. Toa hanare who we've kind of questioned, you know, what's next for him, you know, he's not a young lion But he's kind of about to be lapped by some of these la dojo guys, so
4: Well, I think this will be a chance obviously for him to uh, Wash some of the stink of his loss from the night previous (laughs) But um, i'm i'm hoping for for both of these guys to kind of show us something and um I think that they can really deliver a great match and i'm looking forward to that um yeah, that that should be pretty exciting actually. Yeah. Um, after that we've got the uh GBH and U Yamura match against Fale, Ishimori, and El Phantasmo. I don't have many thoughts there. I think obviously Bull Club team is gonna win.
1: Right, yeah. Uh Imora will eat the pin, either grenade or uh CR2. I mean Hanma could. <laughs> 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 uh,
4: after that we have Liger teaming with Show and Yo, um Tiger Mask four. Uh, Teguchi and Rocky Romero will be on the opposite side of those three um, This is gonna be Extremely again emotional Sho and yo, um, you know Obviously they've been here in the company a couple years under the their current gimmick but previous to that I mean earlier in this decade. They were the young lions and right. um, you know Liger had a big part in their development and also obviously they spent a lot of time in Mexico and Liger has as well so i mean there's there's definitely that connection there um on the opposite side of things i think that these current three new japan guys for the juniors tiger mask four taguchi and rocky are probably the three that are the most long tenured and intimately familiar with liger um in recent times so this is a very sentimental sort of match. You've got like Liger and his two boys taking on all his buddies, right? You know, and um, the, and it's the last time. I mean, Tiger Mask. The, the, these are the guys he usually tags with on undercards. Tiger Mask Four is is his really long tenured, long time, you know, constant tag team partner in the junior division. So I mean, this is a this is going to be emotional.
1: Yeah, it's also going to be uh, kind of fun seeing Rocky opposite sides over Pungi 3K.
4: Oh, that's true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that'll be an interesting little twist there. Um, but yeah, it should be a, a fun match.
4: That will be fun. Um, after that, we've got another uh, variation of the Sonata-Zack Sabre tag team feud. This time, Dangerous is against Sonata and Shingo. And again, I mean, we kind of thought, like you said on the first night, you're like, well, Chi's probably taking the fall. But now they've put Sonata with Shingo, who's also, another, again, another strong heavyweight. I mean, Shingo could take back-to-back losses if that's what you're thinking is going to happen. But, I mean, that seems like a weird thing to do to, Shin- right. to Shingo. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, something makes something tells me. I'm thinking Sonata and Evil uh, lose the first night. Mm. And then maybe Sonata and Shingo win the second night.
1: Interesting. Yeah. That's
4: what I think. Because especially if Shingo is... More likely to lose the night before
1: You know actually I think it does Make a lot of sense for Sonata and Evil To lose just because you know They didn't win the World Tag League you can kind Of see you know the team might not be Quite what they used to be and they're kind of losing Their edge and so having them lose Again I think might be some good storytelling
4: Also there's the thing where Zach has like Evil's number True it's like a long time running storyline So that's also that could also be there too Yeah Um. but this should Be good I mean just as much as I'm excited for the, the match the first night, this one should be really good as well. I love Dangerous Tekker, so.
1: Yeah, great team. Um,
4: then we got Goto, Ishii, and Finjuice taking on Kenta, Yujiro, Tamatonga Tangaloa. Another variation of the feuds that we kind of went over. This should be okay.
1: Yeah. Nothing, yeah, not really much to say here. It should be a fine match. I'm sure we'll get some, you know, angles between Goto and Kenta and G.O.D. and Finjuice.
4: And then the final two matches, we've got Ibushi teaming with Tanahashi once again, taking on Jay White and Chase Owens. And then um, in the main event, we've got an eight-man tag, Naito, Evil, Hiromu, and Bushi taking on Okada, Yoshihashi, and the Birds of Prey, Will Ospreay, and Robbie Eagles. Um, let's start with this tag team match between Abushi, Tanahashi, and Jay White and Chase.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, Red Flag, Pin Eater... That pops out is Chase Owens here for me uh, Which makes me think that Abushi and Tanahashi Are going to be winning again here
4: Yep, that's definitely a possibility Especially since in the night previous Okada is teaming with Yoshihashi Um, Yes, he's going up against Jay White and Chase Owens on that night And Chase could easily always take, take a Rainmaker But because he's got um,
1: Yoshihashi Yoshihashi,
4: then it's like, well that's a really easy way to give Jay White a big win,
1: right? And there's kind of a long-term story that's been running between Jay White and Yoshihashi, uh, going back to last year's G1, where uh, Jay, before he turned on Chaos, he was trying to get Yoshihashi on his side and to kind of be, you know, teammates with him.
4: Yeah, that led to the infamous uh, uh, apron spot for when, um, <laughs> for when. Um, Jay White was turning on the bullet club and right, Yoshihashi man. came down to save everybody. Yeah, Pull a tires,
1: O'Neal <laughs> except he split his wig on the way down there. Hard. Yeah.
4: <laughs> That's absolutely true. But here uh on this night, Abushi and Tanahashi going up against uh Jay White and Chase Owens, you don't have the obvious pin eater on the abushi and Tanahashi side. We've already we've already talked about how strong that tag team is. So I think if if you want my opinion, I think Jay White probably wins the first match in the tag team against Okada, but then loses the second night to Ibushi. Um, but you have interesting dynamics here, especially with uh, Jay, Jay wrestling the title away from Tanahashi earlier in the year, them having their you know three-match series during this calendar year as well. Obviously, a, a long-standing feud between those two guys. And then Ibushi and Jay White being in the G1 finals this past year as well.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Chase is going to be eating a Kamagoya here.
4: Even Abushi and Chase Owens teamed together quite a bit last year and had That's
1: right, once again, during that whole uh, Bullet Club uh, Kenny and Tanahashi feud And Kota Abushi kind of being a quasi-member of Bullet Club Teaming with Chase and Ujero a lot last year
4: What's Chase Owens' nickname? Crown Jewel Yeah, the, the Golden Crown Jewels Yeah, <laughs> the Golden Jewels The Golden Jewels <laughs> <laughs> uh, my fa- One of my favorite tactics Yeah <laughs> So then, um, but this main event is very interesting. and looks really good. I mean, we've already talked about Osprey and Hiromu, and you know that preview match on the first night. But then you kind of uh, turn around and pair that up with the double title series with Okada and Naito going head to head, which many people are hoping or anticipating that that will be the main event of Wrestle Kingdom on December fifth. We don't know, but that's what a lot of people think. And uh, this is a big time matchup with Naito and Okada, two of the biggest stars in the company, uh, across from one another, with their uh, you know affiliate, uh, you know members of their what are they called
1: faction stable? Yeah,
4: they're, they're stable mates. So I mean, this match looks awesome.
1: Yeah, I feel this is the first time in a while, even a multi man form, where we're seeing Naito and Okada across the ring from each other.
4: <sighs> I feel like we see it. I don't know. I feel like we saw it on some of those undercard shows earlier in the year. Like, not even that long ago. Oh,
1: I, like I don't know. I feel like it's been a while, though.
4: It might have been. I don't know. Uh,
1: but, yeah. So, very interesting to get Naito and Okada back in the ring. Like you mentioned, uh, January 5th. This is the match people want to see. This is, you know, all Naito fans. are They want this redemption story of Naito finally beating Okada at the Dome, winning the IWGP title. Um, so, yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see these guys mix it up here.
4: Yep. And, obviously... The stuff with Osprey and Hiromu being on opposite ends, they usually do really well in these eight and ten man tags uh, when it when they're uh, paired off against one another, opposite. So this is also. I'm just thinking, um, uh, see, I- if if Naito loses that first night to Ibushi. He could win here, but I also could easily see Okada picking up. This is a fifty-fifty match. I don't
1: know. I feel like you got you got Lij back together with Hiromi for the first time. I think Lij is winning here.
4: We'll see. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm I'm just wondering like. Let, we'll run through night three and then I think before we go I think we should kind of run through our scenarios For all the tag matches on the three nights What we think is going to actually play
1: out Okay, so night three Saturday, December 21st We got Makabe and Tiger Mask And Yuyamura versus Honma Teguchi and Tsuji Rapungi 3K and Eagles versus Taiji, ELP and Yujiro Sonata and Bushi versus Dangerous Techers Goto, Finjuice and Hanare Versus Kenta G O D and Balak Fale, Osprey and Ishii versus Hiromu and Evil, Naito and Chingo versus Jay White and Chase, and then Okada, Yoshihashi, and Rocky Romero versus Kota Ibushi, Tanahashi, and Jushin Thunder Liger in Liger's last Corkin Hall match in the main event.
4: Um, so I mean, that opener doesn't really not that it's bad, but I don't have much to say about it necessarily. Right. It's gonna be your
1: typical, you know, young lion opener.
4: I think the show Yo Robbie Eagles match against Ishimori Fantasmo and Ujiro has a lot of potential to be really fun, and I think it's interesting that you've got Ujiro in there with uh, five other juniors when he used to be a junior. Right. <laughs> could that be something?
1: Yeah, probably. Uh, probably bull club teams winning.
4: I'm just saying, like, what if
1: what if Ujiro went back to juniors? Oh, I mean, he could. I mean, he could. He's not that big. Right. Yeah. I think he should make a weight cut. Yeah. yeah
4: make make the cut, pal. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sonata. Again, teaming with a, a final member, Bushi against Zack Sabre and Taichi. Sonata and Bushi are definitely losing. Right, that night. dangerous <laughs> Tickers are definitely winning here. Bushy's <laughs>
1: going to be eating a, a Black Mephisto or a Zack Driver, maybe the Black Zack Driver.
4: The, the first night he's teaming with his like multi-time tournament-winning tag team partner, multi-time, multi-time, you know, world champion tag team partner. The next night he's teaming with a really strong heavyweight who maybe they don't team together often, but really strong. And then they're like, all right, night three, we'll give you Bushi.
1: He's <laughs> like, what, no, no Sonata, no Hiromu? Nah, it's Bushi. Like
4: they're moving him, like, down, down, down. <laughs> so that, that'll that be interesting. Um, The match after that, Finju, Goto, and Hanari, it's just another derivative of what we kind of talked about with the other matches. That should mm-hmm. be good. Uh, although, I will say this, Osprey and Ishii, that's a tag team I've always, always wanted. <laughs> like, the
1: two greats of Dude, wrestling Ospreay today. Osprey and Ishii, that's like the dream team that's for That's the Rich. dream team. Like, the high-flying, the hard-hitting, <laughs> like...
4: That's my dream team. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck Rich. <laughs> uh,
1: so, yeah. I think it's everybody's dream team. Yeah, this is going to be incredible. And,
4: and then Hiromu and Evil, I mean, that's, that's going to be an awesome match. I mean, it's... It's a
1: you know awesome like pair off here. Hiromu yeah. Osprey, both crazy high flyers. Ishii and Evil, you know strong style heavy hitters. Like it's gonna be incredible.
4: Yeah, and then um we've got Naito and Shingo taking on Jay White and Chase Owens. Uh, what are your thoughts there?
1: So uh, once again, obviously Chase, man, he's just you know the guy that seems like the pin eater in this at you know, least Jay White Chase Owen combos. And when you look over on the other side, you got Naito and Shingo. And You know We think Jay is going to win You know the Yoshihashi Okada match On night one So uh, I, I don't know I feel like Naito and Shingo get the win here On uh, Jay and Chase
4: Yeah I mean that would That would make sense to me um...
1: But then But then again If you want To kind of Plant the seed of doubt in your mind that Nighthawk's losing on night one. You have him lose
4: every single night.
1: Well just have him lose here to Jay, who he's facing on night one.
4: Oh. oh. It's
1: like, oh, so he lost to Jay on night one. You know, the story is he can't beat Jay, and then that, you know, puts that seed of doubt in your mind, and then you get to night one. It's like, is he is he gonna be able to actually get past Jay White?
4: Yeah, I I absolutely can totally see that logic. I also thought about, you know, they've already done where they've had night to lose, 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 lose all year, and then barely make it into this, they could easily have night to lose every single night. They could have Ibushi win every single night and have night to lose every single night. That way, it makes it look like you're getting an uh, an Abushi and Jay White final, mm-hmm. and then flip it. Yeah, that's a possibility.
1: So, uh, what about the the main event here?
4: The main event is going to be awesome. I mean, Okada, Yoshihashi, and Rocky Romero taking on Ibushi, Tanahashi, and Jushin Thunder Liger. (sighs) I could see Liger losing. I can too. I could see Liger taking a, a, uh, eating a
1: Rainmaker. Same here. Especially Okada has been very aggressive towards Liger in the undercard matches on the World Tag League Tour that we just finished up. And uh, obviously it's Liger's last Cork and Hall match We know how giving Liger is he doesn't, he doesn't care about going over He wants to put other people over Especially on the way out You know, it's usually tradition for wrestlers retiring To, you know, put people over as they're retiring So I can easily see uh, Liger eating a Rainmaker here Putting Okada over And having, you know, this awesome kind of closing moment here in Cork and Hall Yep so yeah, so all right. So let's go over the the tag matches just one more time. So Night 1, Okada, Yoshihashi, JY Chase, Bushi Tanahashi, Naito Shingo. Hmm. So I think
4: I think we got So I I guess it really just kind con- comes down to how you think they're going to book all this out. Like do you think that they do something where it's like 50-50? And do we think um Everybody's getting at least one win? Or do you think it's going to be something where somebody looks dominant and someone looks really weak? Because those are like your yeah. two options.
1: Yeah. So I think Jay's team is winning night one. And I think Abushi's team is winning night one. Uh, night two, I think Naito's team is winning. And I think Ibushi's team is winning. And then night three, I think Okada's team is winning. Man, that Naito match on the last night, I, I can easily see Jay winning that one, too.
4: Mm-hmm. So you think Ibushi's one loss will be on night three? That's, yeah. you know, I could see Liger losing just because the only reason I said that was just because it's Liger and I know how he is. But then if you throw in the factor of Ibushi and Okada... If Okada is in fact going to defeat Ibushi, which he might I don't know for sure Wouldn't you want Ibushi's team to win?
1: Right, you want uh, either Yoshihashi or Rocky eating a Kamigoye Or maybe even put Tanahashi over to get him some momentum going into January 5th Maybe you have Tanahashi pin Yoshihashi or Rocky Romero
4: this is what I'm going to call I, I've changed my opinion on everything I think what I said earlier is what's going to happen Abushi's winning every night And Naito's losing every night Because mm. in the short term This will matter for the Dome But long term after the Dome No one's going to remember these matches These literally only have um, Implications going into the Dome And really past the Dome it won't matter because everything will be settled come January fourth and fifth. Right. Yeah. But I think that they're gonna make Abushi look really strong and make Naito look
1: really weak. That's that would be my guess. Yeah, I definitely see that. That last night for sure, eating a Blade Runner. I just
4: think that makes sense. I think you uh, you want to keep hope alive for everybody. Like, uh, so you make Abushi look as strong as possible. If hypothetically he is losing mm-hmm. to Okada. And if in fact he is losing b- both nights Right, yeah And then you make Naito lose all these matches because And make him the quote-unquote ultimate underdog And then at the same time you're giving Okada and Jay White ample victories and losses Right So I think that's how it's going to play out If yeah. this was like a round robin I think Ibushi's going undefeated Naito's taking all the losses And Okada and Jay White will be, be 50, in between 50. yeah Yep
1: all right, so that wraps up our preview for the road to Tokyo Dome. Should be some fun shows uh, coming up later this week. All right, guys, uh, the young boy just had a little uh, emergency, so he had to step out real quick. So um, I'm going to wrap this show up here with uh, the questions and the news. So uh, going into the questions here. So first question comes from Reddit user Zach Saber Time. Do you guys know what happened to the NJPW official podcast hosted by Chris Charlton? Now the wire's back and maybe the pod could be too. Well, Zach Saber time. um, I know the NJPW Global Twitter account uh, tweeted out something like, I think it was like yesterday, asking who likes podcasts. So um, I'm assuming they're going to make a return of the uh, NJPW English podcast that came out Earlier this year I think it stopped Around the time where there was that Issue where Chris Charlton was Kind of taken off of commentary for Whatever weird reason that was so um, Yeah I feel like we'll be Seeing a return of the podcast Pretty soon uh, especially with That tweet from NJPW Global Uh, next Question from Reddit user Lions Roar 91 With New Japan running Osaka Joe Hall in February what match do you see as the main event? Obviously it's a pretty big deal that they are running Osaka Joe Hall here in February normally they only run that for Dominion so I, I think the uh, the big match that we'll be seeing here I, honestly I think it's going to be um, whoever wins the um, the Constellation match from the double gold Dash will face the the champion I think that makes the most sense. Because I really don't see anybody else that they're kind of heating up That would um, get that title shot And you look at January um, I know it's going to be some kind of new beginning show So maybe we get a contender there But I think we can see the, the winner of the Constellation match Against the winner of the double title match As the main event in Osaka Joe Hall Next question from Reddit user Grunty Dodds says, Okada was acting like a dick again at the last three tag league shows. Do you think this is a permanent change, or is this just a short-term thing for the bill to wrestle kingdom? Well, we've kind of seen um, stuff like this in the past with Okada. Depending on who he's feuding with, he can go into this kind of uh, heel, kind of dick mode, this cocky mode. And so um, I think for right now, I would say it's just for this rivalry with Ibushi. Um, clearly, you know Okada's motives is he wanted to see that that coda. He wants you know Abushi at his best. He wanted the Abushi that fought the odds and defeated Jay White in the G1. He wants the best Abushi he can get on January fourth so that he can beat him and there will be no excuses and he can say that he beat the best Golden Star had to offer. So I think that's the situation here. But I mean, we could be seeing an Okada. Kind of heel turn if he's going to be losing on night two and kind of coming out of Wrestle Kingdom without any championships. We so could be seeing a heel turn that could give him some fresh matchups going into 2020. But as of right now, I think it's just he wanted to kind of poke the bear, get ok- uh, get Obushi to that Murda Coda level so that way he could beat the best Golden Star. Next question from Rambone Slam Pig. If Naito does win the double gold dash What do you see next For the other competitors I am especially interested in what you think Okada will get up to Will they keep him out of the main event scene For a bit or will he be back In the mix shortly So if Naito does win the double gold dash I I see him I see at least Naito I think he's probably going to hold The belt until Dominion So that leaves us with uh, J. Kota Ibushi and um, Okada So with uh, Jay White And Abushi, I think that Jay White's going to be beating Kota Ibushi On night 2 and we're going to get uh, Jay White versus Tetsuya Naito at the main event In uh, Osaka Joe Hall Big title match Naito's had a history of Losing to Jay in big title matches And he'll have to prove that The, the win against Jay at Wrestle Kingdom Wasn't a fluke so I think, you know, that's what we're seeing. Jay is going to be elevated to the, the next challenger. And then Okada, I, I think Okada, uh, he's going to be out of the title mix just for a little bit. Um, I think he might uh, have an interesting run in the New Japan Cup. And maybe you, you have Okada challenge again, maybe at Dominion time, uh, right before, you know, heading into G1 season. But that time period between Kingdom and G and Dominion, I'm not quite sure what Okada's going to do. I'm trying to think, you know, who, I mean, potentially maybe you do a, a quick, uh, another Tanahashi match in between that time. Um, and, you know, if Tanahashi kind of beats, beats Jericho, or if he loses to Jericho, you're going to have Tanahashi in this fallen state. And then Okada losing both belts is in a fallen state. And they, those they, they wrestle again. And then Okada beats Tanahashi one more time to kind of elevate him and kind of get him back um, towards contendership So yeah it'll be very interesting to see What happens especially with Okada If he doesn't um, leave January 5th with both belts because I mean Okada's always been in the title Picture so it's going to be very interesting To see what Gato has planned if Okada's Not the champ next question from Reddit user Fawns 96 What do you guys think If the Night 2 main event At Wrestle Kingdom ends up being Naito versus Abushi? would it make sense in a way to sort of cap off this year OMG feud that they've had? These guys have crazy great matches, and I can't imagine how hard they would go in the Tokyo Dome main event, but unfortunately that means someone might le- legit die if they get in the main event spot. However, I do know the scenario is very unlikely and will probably just be Okada and Naito. Well, Final Fantasy 96, like I agree with you, I do think that it's going to be Okada and Naito in that main event January 5th. But like you mentioned, it, it they could go Naito Abushi. They've had that rivalry this year that we mentioned earlier. Um, great storytelling there. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be... because I I, I, don't, I just don't see there being so many title switches there. So if Ibushi's winning the IWGP title on night one, I can't see him losing that on night two. So if abushi's going in as a champion I think abushi would be walking out double champion uh and would beat Naito in that situation uh but yeah I don't think abushi's winning the title I think I don't think they're gonna do two heavyweight title changes back to back like that so I think Okada's definitely retaining there uh but I mean they could easily do a double title change and you do Naito and abushi. And you kind of finish off that rivalry and tell uh, an amazing story there. And they they have a crazy bonkers match and kill each other. So that's always a possibility. But I I think the odds on favor right now, if you were a betting man, it's going to be Okada and Naito. Next question from Reddit user Nine Tails. What's the incentive kayfabe for the two losers of the double title scene to have a match night two? Surely it. It has to have an angle slash shenanigans To make it interesting Does the winner become the number one contender And so you know I've been hearing A lot of people talking about What's going to come out of this uh, consolation match uh, between the Two losers of the title matches And uh, I've heard some people say that That this uh, you know The, the losers it's, it's going to be a number One contendership match obviously New Japan is not so that it's not official um, But I feel like That's going to be the case here that um, you know the two losers they're going to get a title shot by winning their match on January fifth. Um, it's still a big match at the dome. Yes, they're coming off of two big losses, but they can quickly rebound by winning a big match in the dome and setting up down the line. Like I was saying earlier in an earlier question, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense to um, you have Jay White win that contendership match and you, you do Jay White and Naito again. You know, so I could Joe Hall for the IWGP title Or for both titles um, Don't have uh, Naito vacate yet And defends both belts against Jay White So I think that's the angle there I, I think New Japan um, If that's going to be the case They should probably go ahead and just um, Announce that Maybe they'll announce it at the beginning of night 2 Say hey a special stipulations have been added The winner of the the Constellation match will get um, A tile shot down the line Or I mean it would be perfect for Jay White, you know, being that ultimate heel to kind of uh, ruin Naito's title celebration and come out at the end of the dome and um, you know challenge him again, you know, saying you know the, the win on night one was a fluke. Uh, I'm challenging you again. I'm getting my double titles. So I think that might be more of the way they're gonna go. Next question from Reddit user just a little bear zero one. Any idea what the story is with Taka Michinoku's contract status? I know he was injured during a surprisingly good run in the best of the Super Juniors and took some time off to heel, but has only worked produce shows of his own startup sense. Are they just quietly letting him expire so so long as he doesn't show up in a major rival promotion? So just a little bear, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the deal with Taka, I don't think Taka Michinoku had a contract with New Japan, I think he was kind of on a per-date basis Believe it or not, a lot of New Japan talent Don't have, you know, locked-in contracts They they do uh, kind of per-date kind of deals And so, I think Taco was a, one of those situations Where he had a, um, you know, per-date deal set up with New Japan It wasn't, you know, a full-time contracted guy And so, with with the injury, maybe it was just one of those things where Taka just wanted to focus on his own startup and his produce shows And, you know, didn't have time for New Japan and may, Or maybe New Japan was like, you know, we're changing directions And we just don't have any creative for you right now We're, we're moving away from the Zack Sabre time With you and Zack, we're going to try something different And so right now, you know, creative doesn't have anything for you, pal So I think it's either of those situations But um, for right now, I don't think we'll see Taka again anytime soon Unless he... You know steps down from the startup or has somebody else kind of run the startup while he does new japan dates Next question from kevin crawford from the wrestling squared circle Says what is your most anticipated match of the wrestle kingdom 14 card? and why Uh, right now I think uh, My most anticipated match kevin is going to be um Will Ospreay versus Hiromu Takahashi for that IWGP Junior Title. I mean, we've seen the matches these guys have had in the past. Ospreay is on a completely different level now, and I'm curious to see uh, what kind of Hiromu we're going to get. Or, you know, the expectations for this match are so high. You know, it's one of those situations where if these guys have a 4.5 star match, people are going to be disappointed. Um, you know everybody's going to be expecting five stars and above here And I think it's going to be a wild and crazy match And especially with Osprey not having a match on night two I think he's going to go balls to the walls here He's going to kill himself And he's going to do everything in his power To make sure this match steals the show It's match of the night The highest rated uh, match of the night So that is the match that I'm most looking forward to right now Next question from Ricky from the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show right here on the network. He says, would you change anything in regard to the card on either night? Well, I think the big thing for me is um, I would find uh, singles matches for Ishii, Shingo, and Suzuki. So, you know, we have um, two U.S. title matches. Uh, I think I would drop one of those. Um, Personally, you know, from... From a story standpoint, I don't really think Juice Robinson has done anything to earn um, getting an IWGP Tile Shot. Or, excuse me, IWGP US Tile Shot on night two. So uh, I would scrap that match and do uh, Shingo or yeah Shingo versus Suzuki because they were teasing that match on some earlier tours. Um, and then I, I, see the thing is, like, I don't know where where you would put Ishii, but I, I would find. Some kind of singles match for Ishii on one of those nights. I think it's kind of crazy a guy of that caliber is going to be in a multi-man match on both nights. Next question from Rich Lada says, Sometimes there's a match on the Wrestle Kingdom card that is a singles match that's kind of an unspoken number one contenders match. Example, White versus Okada um, in 2019 and Naito versus Goto from 2016. Is there any match that you see that is setting up the eventual double champion's first challenger? Well, based on everything that we have announced for these two cards and looking at some of the singles matches here, honestly, I think the one singles match that's going to be the match that sets up the the next contender is going to be the the constellation match between the two losers from night one. Because looking at the other card Hold on, let me, let me pull this card up here Alright, so I got the card pulled up here and I'm looking at the singles matches um, So clearly On night one, I don't think Archer and Moxley is going to be setting up A number one contendership, I don't think Osprey and Hiromu is going to be Setting up a championship match On the line, um, and then obviously Then we got Jay White, Naito, Nakata and, and Ibushi, then you look at January 5th, uh, you got Tanahashi and Jericho Potentially that could be used to set up a match You could um, have the winner of that Get a title shot down the line Um, Then you you got Kento and Goto That's never title You got and Tanada, that's a British title Then you got um, Juice facing off against the US champion And I don't think that match Will be used to set up a contender So honestly it's going to come down To Tanahashi Versus Jericho and the two Non-champions Um Following the matches on January 4th, but I think it's going to be the losers of the, the title matches That's going to be used to set up a title match on the line And then maybe Tanahashi and Jericho is another challenger down the line So those are the two matches to kind of keep your eyes on for uh, future challengers for the IWGP heavyweight title Next question from Howard Schilling from the Wrestling Squared Circle He says after the double champion is crowned which title is lost first? Well, Howard, we've kind of talked about this on the show um, last couple of weeks. I think, you know, Josh and I are both kind of firm in thinking that that the IC title is going to be uh, vacated at some point after the double title win, and then determined in some kind of playoff uh, match or tournament. So I think we'll see the IC title vacated, and um, you know, we'll get a new champion down the line with that belt. Next question from Danny. Who on the NJPW roster would you most like to see use a new finisher, and what sort of move would it be? Hmm, trying to think. Um, Let's see. I feel like all the top guys have pretty good finishers. Obviously, I like the Blade Runner for Jay White. Rainmaker's great for Okada. Uh, You know what? With with Naito, I I don't like the the regular Destino where he kind of winds the arm up and gets him into the Destino. I like the running Destino better. So that would be the, the, the minor alteration I would do to Naito was have him finish off more matches with that running running Destino. It comes out of nowhere, looks great. That's what I would do there. Um, you know, Shingo, I love the pump, Pumping Bomber. Osprey, I love the Stormbreaker. You know, uh, Yoshihashi, I think he needs to go away from that, uh, that uh, butterfly lock and just stick with using Karma. I'm uh, trying to think who else I mean I feel like a lot of guys For the most part in New Japan they, they all have pretty great finishers I'm trying to think Off the top of my head If there's anybody else that I can think of That could use a new finisher Yeah I I, I don't think I can think of anybody else Right now that I would pre- oh, Actually you know what Sonata Sonata definitely needs a new finisher um, I'm not a fan of the skull end, because he, he, he gets it so loose, and, you know, it should be a dragon sleeper. He should have that thing tight, and it looks more like a head crank, and it looks like the guy can slip their head out at any minute. And then most of the time he always lets go and goes for the mood of moonsault. Um, so I think, you know, he, he uses a TKO a lot. I would I think a TKO would be a great finisher for him, or maybe even like um, a standing slice of bread or something like that. But, yeah, I think Sonata, especially, you know, going into a, a singles role uh, next year, I think Sonata could use a new finisher. Next question from Jenny Goon on Twitter. If after Wrestle Kingdom the double champ does vacate the Intercontinental title, who would you like to see get a run with it? Well, I think there's a lot of uh, guys right now who are kind of on the cusp of breaking out into the IWGB heavyweight title scene, and I think an IC title run could help. Um... I think Sonata and Evil are two guys who could benefit from holding the IC title. I think uh, a Zack Sabre Jr., uh, Will Ospreay. I mean, I, I think Ospreay is going to be dropping that junior title to Hiromu and moving up to the heavyweight scene. I think, you know, what a, what a great way to kind of burst on the heavyweight scene by, you know, winning the IC title and then kind of carrying the white strap all throughout 2020. So, yeah, Osprey would be uh, another great guy to hold that belt. Uh Shingo Takagi. Uh I mean, I think Shingo's a future Dome inventor. So, I think getting uh I see uh Tyler under his belt would be great. let I'll see anybody else that would be um great there. Um Tomohiro Ishii. Uh he's another guy that's uh you know has amazing matches every uh night that he's on the card and um, is very um, undervalued, I think, and I think him getting an IC title run this year would be a kind of a great way to reward him for um, all the hard work that he puts in all his matches. So, yeah, so it's a great crop of guys there that could all benefit from getting a run with the white strap. Next question here. Uh, Last question from uh, Reddit user PSAN91. Says, I know on the last show, Youngboy was complaining about the lack of a rumble. Do you think the recently announced opening matches are good to compensate for a lack of a rumble, or would you like to see one? Well, uh, you know, Youngboy's not here right now, so I, I can't answer for him, and uh, as we transition into the news, I'm going to talk about these opening uh, matches that were added for both nights of Wrestle Kingdom 14. Um, I, I think seeing a rumble would have been great. The rumble's always kind of a fun match to have, and um, you, you see these legends and you get a lot of guys on the card um, that didn't make the main show and you know it's just there's fun fun matches and so uh, no rumble here you know I'm not completely heartbroken um, but it, it would have been fun but I mean we we are getting legends with the Liger matches and that you know and we now have this uh, this never gauntlet that I'm, I'm going to talk about in the news coming up here so yeah so I think the rumble would have been nice but you know I'm I'm not crying over it so. We're going to transition into the news. So we have opening matches that have been added to both nights of Wrestle Kingdom 14. So on January 4th, we will now have an eight-man tag match featuring Togi Makabe, T- Tomioki Hanma, Yuya and Suji taking on Alex Coughlin, Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors, and Toa Hanare. So that should be a fun matchup there. Then we're also going to have another tag match with uh, Satoshi Kojima and Tenzan teaming up a take on Yuji Nagata and Minobu Nakanishi. Then on January 5th, there will be a five-team gauntlet for the never-open-weight six-man tag team titles. The current champions, Toguchi, will, uh, so it's Toguchi, Makabe, and Yano will be defending against the team of Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Robbie Eagles, the team of Evil, Shingo, and Bushi, the team of Taichi, Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and the team of Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens. So, yeah, I think we're definitely going to get some kind of title change here because uh, Taguchi, Makabe, and Yano have held on to these titles for quite some time now. So, got another Never Gauntlet. We had the Never Gauntlet uh, last year opening up the show on the pre-show, so... Getting some more guys here on the night two card. And so these um, opening matches will take place an hour prior to the main shows, which will start at 1 a.m. Eastern time. On uh, New Japan's website, njpw1972.com, we had, um, there's two columns up there. There's the Reignited, an audience with Hiromu Takahashi, and Wrestle and Romance, Kenta Speaks Out. Two great columns there, kind of uh, hyping up the matches for uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14 Then there was news that Come out this week about Wrestle Kingdom 14 being available on Fight TV So um, you can get each event If you don't have New Japan World You can watch on Fight TV Each event will cost $24.99 And then there's a bundle Pack offering So you can get January 4th 5th and 6th For $49.99 But I don't know why you would do any of that when you can just get uh New Japan World for your uh, you know, nine ninety nine uh yen. So but I understand some people they might be uh kinda hesitant to uh give their email to a, a foreign foreign streaming service. So if you're if you're in that camp the fight T V deals here and I think, you know, Three shows for 50 bucks that's a hell of a bargain, especially, you know, if you're an AEW fan, you're paying 50 bucks just for one pay-per-view. So it's a great deal if you don't want to go the New Japan World route for whatever reason. So uh, you can now celebrate Jushin Thunder Liger with a special site that's up now and um, kind of showing the history of Jushin Thunder Liger. And you can uh, send messages to Liger as well. So kind of a cool site that's up there, a little mini site to get the history on Liger. It's pretty cool. Floor seats have been completely sold out for both January 4th and 5th. The New Year's Dash Royal and Arena seatings are also sold out. So tickets are flying off the shelves here for uh, January 4th, 5th, and New Year's Dash. So love to hear those great news of tickets selling. Uh, for Fantastica Mania, New Japan World will be running five live shows in 11 days. So they will air the January 10th show, which is going to be from Osaka. That's only going to be in Japanese commentary. and then on January 16th, 17th and 19th and 20th, all those shows will be at Corken and Hall and will be airing at 4:30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, New Japan is going to be copying the CMLL tradition of having a bodybuilding contest. So New Japan's having its first ever bodybuilding contest on December 20th before the show at Corken Hall. I know uh, Tanahashi and Sho and Taiji Ishimori are some of the names who are going to be competing in this uh, bodybuilding contest, so it's going to be very interesting to see who wins that. We had um, Gato being voted in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame this year, so shout out to Gato, got in there uh, with the majority of the votes and just his excellent work as um, the Booker of New Japan, just the stars that he's been able to build. Then uh, Tokyo Sports have uh, released their awards, and Kazusuka Okada has captured both of the major awards for the 2019 Tokyo Sports Awards. Okada has won the uh, the MVP award, and he became the fifth the fifth person to win four MVP awards. Um, Okada had previously won in 2012, 2013, and 2015 He joins uh, Antonio Inoki, Tenryu, Kijimuto, and Tanahashi Who are all four-time winners And then um, Okada also won uh, the match of the year And it was the match, his uh, IWGP title defense against Sonata at Sumo Hall Which is um, a very interesting pick there Then also in the Tokyo Sports Award, Kota Ibushi won uh, for best technique. The free match of the week is up. It's Jushin Thunder Liger versus Ultimo Dragon from the 1993 Tokyo Dome show for the junior heavyweight title. Uh, Can't go wrong with Liger and Ultimo Dragon there. Uh, This past weekend, we saw the return of The Wire on New Japan's English YouTube uh, channel. So The Wire, if you're new to The Wire, it's kind of a kind of a little recap-slash-hype show for rivalries and matches and uh, pay-per-views. So this episode of The Wire that came out this weekend is looking at the feud between Jericho and Tanahashi. kind of gives a re- recap of how the feud got started with the uh, Dominion uh, run-in from Tanahashi on Jericho. And then it kind of shows all the promos that's leading up to January 5th. And then the last uh, piece of New Japan news... Uh, we got Tai Chi pants on sale on the new Japan shop and they are encouraging people to uh, buy the Tai Chi pants and do the tearaway challenge so if you do the tearaway challenge uh, please tag us I would love to see if uh, any of you guys uh, do that and you know live out your uh, inner Tai Chi uh, we saw a video from a uh, friend of the show uh, Chris Charlton um, hilarious so good stuff there and then in uh, other news uh, we got British J Cup matches that are up on NJPW World. We talked about the British J Cup in the new section the last couple of weeks, so a lot of great matches to check out there from from the British J Cup that happened in Rev Pro. Then uh, this past weekend we got some news concerning um, some new Los Ingobernables faction. So in Ring of Honor we have a new uh, Los Ingobernables faction called La Faccion Ingobernable, and so this is. Um, uh, a faction that's consisting of Roosh, his brother, Dragon Lee, Kenny King, and Amy Rose. And very interesting, in Ring of Honor, uh, Dragon Lee is still using the Dragon Lee name and not the Ryu Lee name that he's going to be using in New Japan. But that's not all. We also have a, a new uh, Ingle Bernalba's faction that was formed in AAA. Um, last week in the news, we talked about um, L.A. Park and Rouge um, coming together, you know, these, these heated rivals coming together and forming a team. Well, they're actually creating a new um, Ingo Bernabéli's faction that's Rouge, LA Park, Killer Cross, Conan, and Bestia Del Ring. And uh, speaking of Dragon Lee and Rouge, uh, we had the Ring of Honor final battle this past weekend, and Dragon Lee won the ROH TV title from Shane Taylor, and Rouge lost the ROH world title. To PCO like I mentioned earlier in the show There's going to be a rematch between Roosh and PCO next month For the world title Ring of Honor has signed Slex Now if you don't know who Slex Is he's one of the top guys In Australia he's been featured On the New Japan shows In Australia he had a uh, a Match against Okada I believe that was, was it last year maybe two years Ago so Slex is a guy that's Kind of been on New Japan's radar It's kind of been a guy that's you would think would have been, you know, brought into New Japan relatively soon, but um, Ring of Honor got him first, and with the kind of uh, shaky relationship right now between Ring of Honor and New Japan, uh, I'm not sure you would think with them being, you know, quote-unquote partners, uh, Slex might be able to still work New Japan, but, you know, with this latest kind of, you know, state of their relationship, you uh, New Japan hasn't sent anybody over to ROH in quite some time, so uh, maybe ROH won't send Slex over. So, we'll see what happens there. And then, like, also, we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Warrior Wrestling 7 uh, happened on Friday, last Friday. And just to run down the results here. So, we had uh, Templario defeating Jake Lander. Savannah Stone defeating Holiday. Impact X-Division Championship, uh, Ace Austin defeated Blake Christian and Carlos Romo. We had Robert Anthony defeating Jake Atlas. Michael Elgin and Sam Adonis going into a title match draw. Black Taurus defeated Star Drago, and Gringo Loco and Ray Horace. Then we had the Murderhawk Monster, Lance Archer, defeating Brian Pillman Jr. Manzoro Suzuki defeated Tom Lawler. Brian Cage successfully defended the Warrior Wrestling Championship against El Fantasmo. And then the main event, the Chaos team of Rocky Romero, Will Ospreay, and Amazing Red defeated the Rascals, Desmond Xavier, Trey Miguel, and Zachary Wentz. That match was freaking awesome. Um, I know Young Boy was saying the first half of the show wasn't great. I didn't see the first half of the show. I saw the second half of the show. second half was really good, and that main event with Chaos versus the Rascals was freaking awesome. And speaking of freaking awesome, that leads us to the recommended match of the week. And uh, my pick, it's my turn to pick this week. So my recommended match of the week is Red Dragon versus Matt Seidel and Ricochet versus punky Vice versus the Young Bucks. This match happened at Wrestle Kingdom 10, and it was for the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles. You know, obviously, we had uh, Matt on the show this week, and... Um, In preparation for that interview, I watched a ton of Matt Sidell matches that happened in New Japan, and this was one of my favorite matches, this four-way junior tag title match. A lot of great spots, a lot of great, um, you know, just intensity. These four teams kind of redefined the the junior tag division during that time period and kind of bounced the belts back and forth between these four teams, and, you know, just great stuff here. So if you've never seen... Any uh, Matt Seidel matches in New Japan I definitely recommend that you check this one out Once again that's from Wrestle Kingdom 10 And it's Red Dragon versus Matt Seidel and Ricochet Versus Pungi Vice versus The Young Bucks And that is going to wrap things up for this week So uh, next week we'll be back to review The Road to Tokyo Dome shows And announce the winners of the 2019 Keeping It Strong Style Awards so make sure you get those votes out this week. Uh, closing the polls on Friday, and get those uh, votes added up in time to announce the winners on next Tuesday's show. Make sure you connect with us on social media on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. The show is at Ki Strong Style. You can also follow us at Social Suplex on Facebook. We are Facebook.com/slash Social Suplex. You can also find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. Facebook.com/groups/slash slash Wrestling Squared Circle. You can also follow us on Instagram, at Social Suplex. On Reddit, I am the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. You can email me, jeremy, at socialsuplex.com. You can check out all the other shows here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have one Inch Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. Every other Wednesday, we have our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling, Grown Men Watch This Shit We have, uh, every Wednesday, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland. On Fridays, we have Get in the Ring with Danny and Beast Mike. On Saturdays, we have All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr. and Amy O. and Tiffany. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts.
2: Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.